The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, or any school district, their respected managements or employees. Geek Show Podcast, welcome to it. All right, fair warning. If you have not seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, do not listen to this episode. Just fair warning, right out of the gate, okay? Uh, We're going to uh, do a deep dive and talk about it, and that means spoilers. Uh, So if you have not seen it, I I, got to tell you, don't listen to this episode. You could skip to, uh, well, no, because we even talk about it in Broken News. Yeah, put down this podcast and go to the theater and see Last Jedi, then come back and pick up this podcast, all right? So that's how it works. I'm not, I, I, I don't want any hate mail. I don't, you know. <laughs> okay, all right. Now that we've got that taken care of. Hi, everybody. You have been warned. Uh, this is, uh, the episode is called Stop Crying. I think you can see the direction that we're headed. I know, I know. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's uh, that's this episode. We also have broken news as well with some other stuff that's not Star Wars in there as well. Uh, so stand by for that. Uh, all on the way. Uh, I want to thank our fine, fine sponsors who pay for this party each and every week. Thank you so much for your continued support in the new year. Dr. Volt's Comic Connection, open seven days a week. The hold service is free. With that, you get a 20% discount of purchases of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free. Uh, for, yeah. 2043 East, 3300 South in Salt Lake. I'll see you next Wednesday at Dr. Volt's. Uh, let's see. Also, Cabin Fever, your go-to shop for tin signs, lunch boxes, coffee table books, retro candy, gift wrap, and more. Located in the heart of Trolley Square, downtown Salt Lake City. Cabin Fever is so much more than a quality card store. Our friend uh, Chef Daniel and his new Twin Sons Cafe. Go see Daniel at the new restaurant. It's a dream of his to be opening this. He's now serving breakfast and lunch from... 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day, every day but Tuesday. He describes the food as Americana with a Southwest Mexican influence. He can accommodate all sorts of diets. He wants to serve you good, wholesome meal. 2305 South Highland Drive in Salt Lake City, the Twin Sons Cafe. You know where he got that name. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, Black Velvet Boutique up there in Clearfield. Thank you, Dawn and Leah. 293 South State Street in Clearfield, blackvelvetboutique.com. Open seven days a week. It's not a porn store or a novelty store. It's a valuable sexual wellness resource for grown-ups who enjoy or want to enjoy sex. They also have free sex education workshops. And, of course, Ivy at Booze Teak. Yes, go in and say hi to Ivy this week. She could use some love. Uh, Booze Teak. Geeky drinking accessories. Battlestar Galactica coasters. Shot glasses with Star Trek and Doctor Who on them. All kinds of great stuff in there. Flasks. I get all my flasks from Ivy. 15% off when you say Geek Show says hey. Booze Teak is located at 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City or online at boozeteakslc.com. Have your own third show with a little help from Booze Teak. All right, let's get underway. Again, I have warned you sufficiently. If you've not seen The Last Jedi yet... Do not listen to this episode. I rarely discourage people from listening to an episode, but I'm I'm warning you. All right. We'll have that episode start in just a few moments. Hang on. Welcome back to the basement. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay. All right, so this is a true third episode. This is the third it show. It really is. Like, one of us are down. Now, I'm just going to give everyone a heads up before we get started. 
If you have not seen The Last Jedi yet, turn the podcast off now, go to the fucking movie theater, yeah. and then start it up again. Yeah, unless, don't you don't, this. unless you don't care or you have unless no joy care. Uh, Jerry, there he is! There's Excitable oh, Jack. No, that's the white guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the, the other thing you need to know about this episode... We will, we will have a broken news because we will take a break and then we'll continue the Star Wars discussion after that. But the other thing you need to know about this episode is that here at the beginning, Jay has passed out. He's on the ground. He's asleep on the ground. Now, now, um, Shannon, can you hand me the evidence? Yeah. Which you also need to know about this yeah. episode. There you go. So, this is for the camera. So, this is if you're on No, your, I've got this. So, it's a camera for the people that watch our, this on our, our YouTube, YouTube channel. That's four shot glasses. Go ahead and subscribe. Uh, yeah. Hit subscribe. Excitable James would be very excited. And about this it. and this kid and this kid sized bottle of crown. Yeah. Kid sized. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the fun this size. is no, this is like the crown you would get in a fucking happy meal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, that's 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 the crown usually my grandma would have stashed in her Afghan. Yeah. You know, so So uh yeah, that's why Jay is down. And then uh but also at the very end of the interviews or the interviews. Oh yes. Yeah. At the very end of the episode. At the, the end of the episode. Yeah. After our second. After our second Star Wars segment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the way at the end, uh, I sit down with the cast of Paddington Two. Oh shit! Was, and, that, uh, was the first one? Pad- good? Was I actually liked the first one? I never one. saw the first one. The first one was good. Was it? Well, okay. And did I grew you up on get to interview Paddington? I better. I'd be pissed if I don't. Oh, if they had a little baby bear dressed up like Paddington, I'd lose my shit. <laughs> you really would. That would be cool. <laughs> so eat your ass. No, the, the first one cool. I actually kind of enjoyed. It was. Uh, you watched it, Carrie? I did. I I can't remember the circumstances, did you cry? but I I did. You're a very emotional movie viewer. <laughs> you know, I've noticed as I get older, too, it's worse. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's yeah. me too. Yeah. Like no, as life breaks you down, like exactly. shit makes you cry yeah, so exactly. much easier. Well, you, as you get older, you produce less testosterone as well. well and then there's that. So. Yeah. but he's got a, uh, some good. Thanks people for noticing. <laughs> but, but but the truth of it is, I'm talking about you in particular. Uh, <laughs> testosterone. Oh, no, no, you too. Testosterone does tend to make you emotionally volatile. I can't yeah. wait till your fucking beard hair falls out. <laughs> That'll probably happen next week. All right. But uh, if the names are on the list, uh, Hugh Grant is in it. Oh, yes. And then Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water. Oh. She's lovely. I think she's fantastic. You've got to yeah. praise her for that. So we'll yeah. just talk about that at the time. Well, Jimmy Martin will be int- uh, interviewing those people. Hey. Jimmy, Jimmy Martin, everybody. Uh, watch me on KSL, Big Blue Mouth, uh, Read Me and Slug, uh, Geek Show, Yoga Show, and Arrow. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. That's what I've been up to. So. <sighs> That's for a week in Atlanta, <laughs> and then after I go to the to that junket, I come back for like a few days, and I go back and kind wait. Of, hold kind on, of, are you calling going to hang out with your family at junket now? Oh, that's the first trip. Oh, okay. after a week okay. of hanging okay. out with okay. my sorry, <laughs> and then the, then the Paddington, and then a few days after that, Cat and I are going down there for the Critics Choice Awards. Mm. So, oh yeah, that's I true. hate oh. that you bring your wife to that now because we sorry. had so much fun. <laughs> Jealous. That's what she didn't is. go the first two years. They didn't realize how much fun it was. Then couldn't go when you went, and then saw how much fun we had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, I don't think you give up that Thanks, seat. Buddy. <laughs> oh, now these are uh, what candy? Yeah, these were uh, made by my neighbor. Actually, these these have uh, they're jalapeno and caramel. Whoa. I think that's that, actually. try that and make sure yeah. that's what it is. I haven't had it yet. So. <laughs> anyway, there's not right. wrapped up dog turds. <laughs> so there's uh, oh hi Lee George Cade. Howdy sweetie. How are you? I'm good. I've got this my new podcast, the Howdy Sweetie Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. And it's uh, where's me your, talking to myself. Where's your jerky? Uh, jerky is everywhere <laughs> in the world. It's all over the place. It's Ohio, vegan. Ohio, vegan Michigan. Yeah, we're we're all over the place. But uh, the best place to find it online, if you're not here in Salt Lake City, of course, best place is. Either the Jade Market. Yes. You could, you could head up to Estee Pizza in Park City. You could stop by our shop, uh, the former, formerly known as the artist known as Fresh. 
Um, and of course, Watchtower Cafe online. You can hit it at veganessentials.com or my all time favorite, fakemeats.com. Mm-hmm. And of course, in Mozilla, Montana, the bike doctor. Oh! The bike doctor. You all right? Yeah. What's your... You need something? I'm trying to decide if I want to eat another one. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine the milk tempers the jalapeno. Thank you. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to save it. Because I haven't had it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's like, Jesus. Shit, I don't want to. I, I don't know if I'll eat it. It's, it's good. It's, it's pretty good, Carrie. I'm not a jalapeno, you know. It doesn't really have a jalapeno flavor, a little bit, but it's just got like it's a got spicy a kick. Stink. Oh, it's okay. got a little stink. It's got a little stink. It's pretty good. Oh, she she made them last year. I didn't have them because again, these are a year old. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> fresh bed. She said she made more this year. Sweet, because people like them. Sweet summer child. Okay. Yes, he's a sweet summer child. He's quad T. Hey, these jalapeno caramels are pretty good. Uh, check me out on Twitter at quad T Tony, or uh, always here on the Geek Show or on the Gadget Spot every other week with Excitable James. <laughs> 2018's already beat him down. He's already, it's only a weekend. Uh, he's, like he's he sounds sick. like an injured husky lately. He's, he's laying next to Jay. <laughs> probably drug off his breath. Oh. <laughs> and we got uh, Jaron and Owen, and we talk about uh, uh, gadgets, tech, and video games. That's it. All right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mr. B. Oh, yeah. Just let me take it from here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Are you back at uh, you're back at work now, aren't you? It's, what day today is, is today? the eighth. Yes. You've been oh, back for yeah, a week. Back, no, yeah. no, no. I'm. This is my first day back. Oh, okay. I'm back to my horrible daily existence. Mm. But making the best of it and changing the world one mind at a time. Fuck my life. There we go. <laughs> you got this? Are you sick of crying yourself to sleep on Wednesdays? Yes. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. That's the best advice he's ever given. Yeah, stop it. I've been Come doing on, it all this time. I just, just, to, yeah. I just need to get with the program. Yeah, I yeah, need to stop, stop it. it. Just stop. Come on down to Lucky 13. Oh, there's and, more than just stop? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Stop Come on sad. down every Wednesday, 8.30. Come down and giggle your little silly ass off as we do our pub quiz. It's better than crying yourself to sleep. I thought it was as simple as stop being sad, but apparently there's... Oh, there's more? There's, there's, there's a tendency. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, keep, I keep reading all these advice things. I said, don't tell your kids to stop being sad. Let them own their emotions. And now hey, I realize I just it. need to tell them to stop it. Stop it's just it. stop it. Just stop, stop it and it. go to Lucky 13. Well, no, it's changed my whole life. I've got, <laughs> I, I got one of those Google Homes now, and I love it. Like You're like, if you get up and say, hey, Google, good morning, it'll start talking to you. And then you get sick of it, and you just go, stop it. And it stops. It's so great. I just, yeah. uh, Have you considered would... saying, hey, Google, can you write my pub quiz for me? Ah. Now he has. Well, yeah, just now. <laughs> that's going to happen. Another million anyway, idea. Lucky 13. It's fucking great. You guys right. come down there. You know, that slogan's stop better than crying. it's easy to eat. Stop <laughs> crying. That's the name of the episode. Because <laughs> I know where we're going. Oh, yeah. Stop crying. Well, there's going to be fits. some people crying when I'm done with them. That's right. <laughs> but this is, wait, so this is after the Fireside Chats. <laughs> From that episode to this, no, it's just stop, stop crying. crying. Quit stop your fucking crying. crying. Oh, they've had a week, a week to compose themselves. Yeah. They're okay. Get right. your shit together. I gave you a sock, Dobby. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> now go away. All right. Calm down, Karen. <laughs> Karen's the troll's name. <laughs> hey, we have a host. Oh, hi. Uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10, x96.com. It's Gary Jackson. He wakes you That's up in me. your bed. Did yes. we introduce everyone? Yeah. 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 Oh. Well, I can see we've got well, less. We're down one. We're but less. Oh, right. And that. Over there is Jay There's Whitt- another motherfucker. Yeah. Pass out on the floor. Jay Whitaker is. 
And see, here's the thing: is that you see the blanket that he's got? Mm-hmm. This is the what I call the murder blanket. It's Sue's cashmere jacket. It's oh, it's, it's the it's the blanket with weights in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you have one of those? Yeah. It, and so it's like it's pressing him down. Now. Well, it's keeping him comfortable. It's keeping him comfortable keeping and calm in dreamland. So he's not up touching people. I'm really happy <laughs> that now that we're on the other side of December 21st, that the days are getting a little longer. We've got a little more de- yes. daylight, uh-huh. a little more, a little more joy. I spread agree. in our lives. May I ask? As we get closer to... Uh, I don't know. You have to ask... Uh, Here we go. Um, hey... I, I wanted to get one. Hey, you guys can, uh, can come fucks with Jay Whitaker... Uh, under a blanket. Uh, on the blanket. <laughs> under on the, the floor. Under the murder blanket. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we're, we're only five months away from Solo, a Star Wars story. That's true. Yep. That kind of blew me away. I, not, not even... We're a month away from Black May. Panther. It's in May. I, I was kind of hoping, actually, that, that they would hold on to it until December. I think December's a good time for Star Wars. I think it'd be yeah. great if Star Especially Wars owned I, Christmas. For those know? of us in, shall we say, shitty climates mm-hmm. uh, that don't like to ski, yeah, uh, I think I think it gives me something to look forward to in December. Yeah, you know the Star Wars. I I was kind of hoping that they would say, yeah, eh, we're moving. But it. May is traditionally a Star Wars month. It is. So yes, I get that. Hmm. You gotta look at if you look at 2018. Not even just Star Wars or that. Just geek movies in general. Like every month has at least one or two. Yeah, and I'm it's like, pretty yes. exciting. We got yeah, Pacific Rim Uprising. Excellent. See, that wasn't even on my mind. Yeah, it's February mm-hmm. next month. That's. Uh, I only know because my 17 year old daughter keeps losing her mind and <laughs> screaming constantly because Stacker Pentecost is her hero, and then now John Boyega, her other hero, yeah. is playing Stacker's kid, which means that you know she's get gets Finn Star War one month. Yeah, and she gets. That's cool. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Last Jedi. <laughs> now again, well, this is not. If you have not seen it, we're going to talk all about it, and I would rather that you go see it without any knowledge because that, and that is why I enjoyed it so much. I have a few friends that made the mistake of reading about some of the nitpicks Uh-oh. that some of these. Now let's yeah. let's say what it is. There are people with legitimate grievances against the movie, and that's fair. Um, I may disagree with you on what you have a grievance with, but you know we can talk. That's cool. I, I don't want to hear your whining about it. I yeah. Just we can talk. But there are some alt right groups that hate the character of Ray. Yes. Uh, that hate that there were so many strong female characters in this movie. That ultimately the person who saved everybody's ass was a woman. And mm-hmm. that I do have a problem with that. <laughs> oh, uh, I actually, I actually read, I read these words. These. These shitty-ass words I read on one of these forums, for the first time in my life, I wish there were fewer tits in a movie. What? Jesus. Well, really? So these, really? This is the caliber of shit stain that's going out there, and, and they, you know, Rotten Tomatoes says no, they couldn't do it, but they're creating multiple accounts and programming bots. Yeah, they're, uh, Rotten to, Tomatoes is lying about yeah, that. Yeah, to, to shit stain this movie. Jeez. Now, the character they're talking about is Honda, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Holdo. Who? Uh, Holdo. Holdo. Yeah, Hondo's, Hondo. Hondo's a completely different guy. It's a John Wayne movie. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Are, are <laughs> they right. also talking about those things that uh, squirt out the green milk? Because they had six tits. We'll, we'll yeah, get they, to they that. Weren't even, they weren't even talking about the <laughs> no, season. We'll get to that. They, they, me, were, they were literally I complaining looked. about the number of heroic female. speaking female roles in this movie. All right, let's take a look at that character. Let's take a look at Holdo. Emmerin uh, Holdo. Yes. Uh, uh, Laura, Laura Dern's Laura character. Dern's right? character. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's talk about that. Uh, here's the thing about that character, uh-huh. is that it was not written as a woman. Nor were you supposed to like this character. Nor were you supposed to like this character. That's the brilliance of that uh, character. It could the first have, part of it. Yeah, it could have been played by a man. Right. 
but it was played by a woman. So I don't understand what your problem is. The tropes were there. Mm-hmm. Um, it couldn't have... And here's the other one, the argument that I heard about that one, yeah. is that it should have been Admiral Akbar. No, and here's why. is because Poe needed to not know... Or trust this person. Poe uh, po yeah. would, po would have listened to Akbar. Poe would have listened point. to Akbar because Akbar is a general. He, he's yep. known. So it could not have been Akbar. It no. had to be a different character. And, and it had to be somebody that when, when this person, yes. and I, I will bring this up a little bit later, um, when she pulls the broadside maneuver mm-hmm. and you realize that she was right all along mm-hmm. and that every death that has occurred, you start realizing the big heroic bombing run mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. It's and a please, fucking bloodbath. It's a bloodbath, and it's a bloodbath that is Poe's fault. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poe Dameron yeah. killed all of those mm-hmm. pilots. We mm-hmm. don't know what Leia's plan for them was. He literally, and if we had somebody in the military on the show, we could talk <laughs> about this, but you don't, you don't, as a commander, just counteract the, the actual commander-in-chief of your, of your military mm-hmm. and say, no, I got a better idea. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. Uh, yeah, you're going to get demoted. Mm-hmm. And then when your vice admiral comes along mm-hmm. and you decide to fucking mutineer, the whole mission that that uh, Finn and Rose go on, you know, people are so upset that that mission was so futile. Mm-hmm. Well, they're fucking idiots. They parked on the beach yeah. at a casino planet and ended up in the cell with the wrong hacker and decide, oh, we'll listen to this guy. We don't even know him. And I don't know why they parked at the beach. Casinos always have garages. Well, because well, Finn, Finn, it's always but, free parking. You know, in, yeah. Finn's, in Finn's defense, he doesn't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I oh, yeah, don't even get me started on people complaining about Finn. Uh, we're talking about a guy who's literally been a programmed officer until a week before this movie. Exactly, yeah. he's, been a, he's been a programmed drone. And, that, and that's the other thing is, the, like, I don't think a lot of people realize that this movie takes place right, right after, after, right after Force, yeah. Awakens. Force Awakens. Here's here's yeah. the thing about Finn that I don't think a lot of people understand, and I think, in my opinion, they handled this poorly in his character development. Mm-hmm. He's, he does not speak like someone who has been a drone their entire life since a baby. I, and yeah. as a result, I think people give him too much free-thinking credit than, than uh, he deserves. I, I think, I think it's, 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 he, starts, he starts doubting his programming, and that makes him ultimately almost too human and almost too vulnerable. I mean, somebody was arguing about how protective he was of, of Rose's medallion. Like, why would he be so protective of that? I'm like, because... This is a guy who's never had a possession right. in his entire life. Oh, I Ever agree. had a possession in his entire life. Until so his jacket. And that jacket. That, that fucking look, jacket. Third yeah. viewing through, I realized that jacket, by the way, Visual Dictionary tells who did it, uh, but that jacket's been stitched up because he got slashed through with it by Kylo Ren, and it's nice. been stitched up because Poe sat there and st- stitched it up for him while he was waiting for him to recover, yeah. you know? And yeah. that's, the, that's the true message of all of this. They say it over and over and over again is, is fight for what you love. And let the past go, and mm-hmm. and they forget this all the time. Yeah. So many people getting caught. Mm-hmm. Up. So I already talked about the alt right guys. Yes, uh, no, the men's rights activists. Yes, you know the alt right guys that are pissed off because there's just too progressive of a message going on. And okay, yeah, that's where I would like to Im- Im- immediately. That's yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. That's that's where my Star Trek kicks in. Right, but uh, but yeah. this is where I would like to step in. My favorite review I have read of this movie. Mm-hmm. Its headline is. This Star Wars movie contains something that no other Star Wars movie has ever contained. And that is nuance. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nuance there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of feeling. And I'm just going to say, we've always said, Star Wars is made for kids. This one was not made for kids. No. It was made enjoyable for kids. Yeah. So, like, one of the things was, like, it was there was too much comedy in it. 
that was to keep kids engaged. It was right? also to keep you from losing your fucking mind when you right, realize sure. that it's a two and a half hour long snuff film. <laughs> but, but nuance where yeah. you had to sit there and think, and you just don't look at. Like I'm sorry, I think Kylo Ren. Man, I thought he was a little bitch in the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one, I'm like, this is a complicated character. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You yep. know, and 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 the relationship between him and Ray. It's so fucking complicated, mm-hmm. well, right? And even the the relationship between Hulk—I mean, not Hulk. Sorry, <laughs> Luke. Sorry, Luke and the Force and fucking fuck it, Yoda. Well, this right? is a spoiler. It's yeah. also spoiler it's, it's also fucking complicated, right? It's not your standard Star Wars movie. Well, I cut just, and paste. Yeah. Well, I I remember the first movie. What was the complaint about the first movie? It, it was, was too, too similar. S- too All similar. they did was remake A New Hope. Which I adamantly disagree with. I, but, I disagree with. But, but I can yeah. see that. You can see where they, they would say They hit yeah. the beats. They hit the they beats. They hit the beats. But now, they, now this comes along, and it is not like any Star Wars movie you've no, seen. No. And they're upset about they got Carrie, something fresh. I disagree fresh, with you. I you know? disagree with you. I think The Last Jedi hits all the beats of... Empire Strikes Back, but in a very different and surprising way. Exactly. It's something different. It's not a by the numbers. Holdo should have been a guy. Holdo uh, should have been a guy. And they, if, they if, even, it was a, if it was a regular Star Wars movie, starkly, he would have been. They starkly contrast that. Yeah. The genius of Holdo's character is that she's wearing... Okay, let's. Uh, we we we've become so accustomed to knowing everything there is to know about Star Wars because of the visual dictionaries and because of all of the background mm-hmm. books and all the storybooks. Uh, we go, oh, well, we know that that Holdo and Leia have been friends since they were 16 from the Leia book that came out last summer. Mm-hmm. And we know that mm-hmm. the whole reason why Leia found out about the rebellion is because Leia and Holdo went to crate base to do a, a mm-hmm. pathfinding run and they found Bail Organa there and they went, ah, none of that's in the movie. Well, doesn't need to be I in don't, the movie. Yeah, I didn't but know they any contrast, of that. But they contrast Holdo so brilliantly in that, yeah, the character could have been a male character. The character could have been a man. He could have been, it could have been Jan Dodonna for Christ's sake, if you want to bring in a classic Star Wars yeah. character. But they bring in this woman with beautiful ringlet hair and a long flowing evening gown, which, you know, maybe she didn't have time to pack. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's her fleet admiral's uniform. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, this is a universe where spaceships make noise. So mm-hmm. anything's up for grabs. <laughs> so, uh, but, but they contrast that. She's not your steely, hard veteran. She's mm-hmm. actually really soft spoken. Yeah. And she didn't yell the line, get this man off my bridge. No. She just very calmly. Get this man off my yeah. bridge. Yeah, cool. I like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, like I said, when she first came, I didn't like her, and you weren't and I, supposed to. Oh, I know. Right. But the, the two parts. I mean, we can get to that. The main one, but uh, it's they've got Poe. Oh, because was it Leia kicks over the door and just blasts, Stun, stuns him with her uh, sporting rifle. Yeah. from Episode four. And um, and does that, and then all of a sudden she goes, "Be careful, this one's trouble." And Lord looks down and goes, "Yeah, I like, I like him. him." Yeah. <laughs> Because she's a rebel, too. She's she's a rebel at heart, and she understands the importance. Of, and that's the overall theme. There's there's the theme of getting over it. Uh, and, and that's actually a really good resounding theme for geeks and probably why they're resonating against it so hard. Mm-hmm. Some geeks are, are resonating against it so hard. They don't want to get over it. And this movie is about getting over it. But it's also about... Uh, it's the crucible of trial, yeah. right? So Rey needs to become the knight. She needs to become the Skywalker character. She's yeah. not a Skywalker, as we learn. Uh, or is she anybody else? She might be. We don't know. She, she could be a clone. Uh, but she has to become the knight. What does Poe have to become? Poe has to become a leader. He's right. already a hero. 
And on a, as a squad-based leader, he works. He can lead a squad of 10 X-Men. It's just fine. But when you're leading the entire resistance, which you know he's going to have to do at some point. Poe is also the... Poe's kind of the Han Solo mm-hmm. in this movie, sure. right? Because if you think about the Han Solo like character arc, right? He didn't give a shit. He didn't believe about the Jedis. He didn't believe in that rebellion. Well, that's kind of where and Finn it, becomes the Han Solo right, character. But like, my thing is like... It hits all the beats of all uh, of Empire Strikes Back in its own fucking way. Well, the the characters have to evolve, and Poe is going to become the leader. He and has in, to become. And the in leader, order to yeah. become the leader, he's got to have some losses. And they even shine on that you know? when they say the natural order of succession here lays mm-hmm. down. The, the, it's pretty clear who it's going to go to, and they show him, and he's getting ready to make his big. I accept this tremendous burden, even though I just lost this entire bomber squad. Yeah. not knowing what's going on with it. Oh, we're going to give it to this lady that mm-hmm. you don't like and you don't trust, and mm-hmm. who has, has been very cleverly written to push all of your I don't like her buttons. Mm-hmm. And she's not an asshole. No. She's just, she's just very... And people are complaining because she didn't tell him what her plan was. Well, again, I haven't served, but my father served. And you know what? If your superior officer said, you're doing this... You did that. Right. Yeah. There wasn't well, time for rebuttals. Not to mention, no. you don't tell the person just convicted of insubordination your big plan. Yeah, you just cost us our entire bomber fleet. I'm not telling you what so I'm doing next. And, and then when, when he does find out what's going on, what does he do? He gets on the comm and tells Finn yeah. and Rose yeah. and DJ sitting there in the back seat going, cool, now I've got something to make some money from the Empire with. Mm-hmm. And okay, then you get to Finn, right? What's Finn's big story arc? He's 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 a defector, right? He's right. a big defector. Yeah. He's only heroic when it comes to saving his own ass or saving Ray, his first friend, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what. By the end of the movie, he's a hero for the resistance. Right. He's yeah. he's going to give up his life for everybody. He but, is self-identified well, rebel scum. But yeah. to the resistance, he's a hero in the beginning of the film. Do you yeah. remember Rose going on? Right. Oh, about, yeah, oh they, yeah, they, 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 they don't, don't realize they, they don't, don't know. They, they don't, don't know. realize. Yeah. But he still is. Like by yeah. the end cuz only Rose knows. And but yeah, to them <sighs> finally. He, you know, he has earned that reputation. Then, well, to and himself, the, and he has Kylo, earned that reputation. And Kylo, the you most. You guys, so I just want, like, like right now, like, listen to the discussion we're having about a mm-hmm. Star Wars movies. Have we ever had this complicated discussion about a Star Wars movie? No, because in the previous well, Star Wars movies, the, tra- the the path of the hero was Luke's. It wasn't the path of Han Solo. There was a little, I'm going to be a little less of a scoundrel and be more of a hero. Right. Uh, but the arc, the Leia, yeah. Leia was already a leader. Yeah, there was really no character progression. No, Vader was already the badass. That scene when you realize you're being fucked with, and I remember everybody in the theater just cheering when Kylo and Ray are back to back. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know, Snoke's yeah. dead. They're going to take on those those badass guys, and the, they're they're doing the throne of blood scene from Akira mm-hmm. Kurosawa, and they're getting ready to fight, and the theater erupts in cheers because they're like, "Here it is." Our our pre-programmed, pre-ordained right. redemption Kylo, arc from Kylo Ren. Yeah. They, 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 are, they, they, they are getting together, and yep. Kylo has turned. He's going to be a right? good guy now. And then it turns out that, no, no. The, the ultimate... He fun, pulled a Vader. <laughs> he, he pulled a Vader because he realized that Snoke was wrong and that Snoke was arrogant. And arrogance is a big theme in this movie, too. Yeah. That Snoke was arrogant and that he didn't see the big picture and that Kylo could figure it out. Mm-hmm. He's going to lead the First Order. So his story arc, you have the other three. You've got the knight. You've got the hero. You've got the leader. You need the fucking villain, and you gotta you gotta villain. Dude, the, the scene and they kind of showed it in the in the uh, in the teasers or whatever. But 
when Snoke just basically chews his ass out, yeah. you know, like that, and oh, yeah. and then he just gets there and it smashes. He, he says, "You're a boy wearing a mask." Yeah, yeah. Yep. take that ridiculous oh, that. thing off. But when he's I as a teacher, that. as a teacher, like I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> pull that fucking shit off, man. Smashes it, but the shot when the elevator doors open and it's just fucking crumbled yeah. like that. Yep. I was like, oh man, I kind of like that mask, yep. but. But no, you said about getting over it, and it's funny. I, when you were saying that, I had this like vision in my head. I think the way this one's a little bit more complicated is because whereas, and I don't think that JJ like just ripped off New Hope, but no. you know, there's the beats again. He had very clear cut expectations yeah. that Lucasfilm well, handled, and he had to show us the 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 people watching the movie. That we got this. Yeah. We right. love it. And exactly. so I'm, I'm going to hit these familiar beats yes. for you. And, and you now now you're there. Now you trust us. And, and, hey, and, guess what? We got something see, new in mind for Johnson you. Johnson yeah. obviously loves this property. Yes. The vision in my mind, though, of that was uh, J.J. walking up to like a stream of that franchise, just dipping his toe in it and being like, all right. Brian Johnson walks up and builds a bridge across it right. and says, "Let's keep well, going." And, and he yeah. talks. There, there's yeah. been a lot of flack aimed at Ryan Johnson. They they say that there's a lot of scenes where they feel like he just shit on what Abrams set up. And it's funny how all of a sudden Abrams is so Abrams is unassailable to the same community that was lambasting him a month ago. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. But what what Johnson did, I mean, for one, recognize that J.J. Abrams was an executive producer on the movie, that he was in all of the script pitches that mm-hmm. went on, every True. single thing. Yeah, and it's, that, it's not like J.J. was out no, right. when this and, was and made. And Abrams, you know? from, from what I've heard, Abrams was ecstatic after he got the shooting script for the movie because yeah. he was like, oh my God, I get to play in yeah. a huge way. Yeah, you've got, you've got a guy who's got power levels bigger than Vader leading the First Order. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and a dude... Uh, you get a showdown with with Luke. I know some people had some problems with Luke's big showdown because this oh, is an just, expanded. This is a get over it moment. Yep. This get over it moment is you read all these expanded universe books where Luke is hurling <clears throat> star destroyers towards the ground and all oh, this other shit. Or like, like or like com- like uh, video games or video games or comics where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's my Luke. That's my Luke. No, you've got a guy who's broken after thirty years of failure, or right? Sixteen and, years like, in isolation, too. and yeah. even and this whole argument where it's like. Hamels, like, well, wasn't my Luke? Well, sure, your Luke would have been boring as fuck or whiny. I think yeah. whinier, but going back to the scene of the, they're not ad ads, but I get it. But they're blasting down on them, and there's two things that <laughs> that are most fuck you to Kylo Ren. Is the first one is the the shoulder brush. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. nothing on his fucking shoulder. Nothing. And I love that. No, like, then the watching other... this movie multiple times. Yeah, is one of the most amazing experiences you can have. I'm going to go watch it again. But one of the greatest lines, though, see you around, kid. Oh, see yeah. you around, kid. <laughs> you you get you get you get some subtle stuff the second time through that you didn't yeah. get to the there. Like I didn't realize they kept focusing on Kylo's feet because every time he do the twist right, right. before he's going to charge, you'd see the disruption of the, salt, the, salt. the salt. He's disrupting the salt, and Luke no would do the red, same thing. Yeah. And there's no disruption. Yeah. And you're like, so they they, they telegraph the whole oh. thing. Well, yeah, my first clue that he was that he was not there was because he did he had no gray in his yep. beard. Yeah. He was young. Yeah. I knew exactly well, what, 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 what confession for me. I've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. In the two times I watched it, I never realized. And I haven't seen it because mm-hmm. I think I was so overwhelmed by it all. It's overwhelming. I didn't realize that the kid Use the force to pick up the fucking broom. Oh, yeah. really? At the very end. Yeah. Well, I wanted, I've never. I saw I've the first never time. Noticed that. Well, I want to come back. I want to come back to that scene because to me, uh, there's very important shit going on yes. in that scene, uh, and I and I want to talk about Snoke and the oh, complaints God. about that. 
Mm-hmm. There's and, uh, so much to fucking talk as about. There is. As, so, as I told somebody earlier this week who decided mm-hmm. to pick an argument with me about Snoke, you are going up against a level 400 Star Wars lore master. Check yourself yeah, before we'll, you get hurt. And we'll get to that coming up. <laughs> we'll have broken news next, and then we'll finish this discussion. After, After these messages, messages, we'll be right back. Snoke. <laughs> Geek Show Podcast is brought to you in part by the Booze Teak. Mm, yeah. Geeky drinking accessories like Death Star ice molds, Chewbacca can cozies, flasks featuring Doctor Who, Captain America, and Dadass, Battlestar Galactica coasters, shot glasses featuring Star Trek and Doctor Who, shotskis, corkscrews, wine bags, gifts, and more. And if you tell them Geek Show says hey, you'll get 15% off of your purchase. Booze Teak is located at 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City, or look at them online at boozeteakslc.com. Geek Show loves Booze Teak. Dr. Volt's Comet Connection. Let's see what's happening at Dr. Volt's this month. January 2018. Fan favorite Teen Titan Raven returns in a 12-issue miniseries, Raven, Daughter of Darkness. Written by her creator, Marv Wolfman. He is a legend. Raven teams up with supernatural heroes from across the DC universe as she struggles against mystical forces and teenage life. Uh, Oh, this is very exciting. The uh, thrilling last issue. Yes, last issue of Invincible is here in The End of All Things. Exciting superhero action by The Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman and Utah's own Ryan Otley. Some great artwork in that. This is one I've been looking forward to, Old Man Hawkeye. It is a prequel series to the critically uh, critically acclaimed Old Man Logan. The superheroes have fallen. The country has been divided into territories controlled by supervillains. Sounds familiar. Among the Wasteland lives Clint Barton, the last Avenger. Can Hawkeye bring justice to his lawless wasteland? Bound to be good. Dr. Volt's Comic Connection opens seven days a week. Hold service is free, and with that, you get a 20% discount of purchases of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free. They're at 2043 East, 3300 South in Salt Lake. It's Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Hi, I'm JD. I'm Peterson. This is Spencer. And we're the 3-Bit Gamer Show, where we fight about video games. No, we don't. Yeah, we really do. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at 3-Bit Gamer Show. Pants are optional. Cabin Fever is your go-to shop for tin signs, lunch boxes, coffee table books, retro candy, gift wrap, and more. They're also welcoming new lines for the new year. Cabin Fever is your go-to shop for laughter. Kitschy memories, creative and fun merchandise. They are located in the heart of Trolley Square at the corner of 500 South and 700 East. You know Cabin Fever is so much more than a card store. Cabin Fever is officially over 35 years old this year, thanks in part to Geek Show customers like myself and you, of course. For the record, being a local shop catering to all of Utah's diverse communities for this many years has been no easy task, but because Utah is chock full of amazing people, Cabin Fever has been able to stay relevant in all climates. Cabin Fever would like to welcome you into 2018. They want you to go in and let's all laugh together. God knows we need it. Is quality kitsch a thing? Cabin thinks so. Located in the heart of Trolley Square on the corner of 500 South and 700 East, it's Cabin Fever. So much more than a quirky card store. Broken news, welcome to it. Woo! 
Yay. The name of the episode is Stop Crying. Oh. And we'll get to it. We'll get to the second half of it coming up. Is this the story of my life? No, No, this this is the Star Wars episode. This is our Last Jedi deep dive. Yes. Yes. I know we've already talked, you know, as they're listening to this. Well, there's more coming up. Sure. So, But one of the things is, someone, uh, I was talking with someone, I said, I didn't really say a lot because listening to Lee talk about Star Wars Mm -hmm. is one of the greatest fucking things in the world. Like, I I barely said a a chime. No, I was just like, absolutely. No, there's a reason he's he's Lee's. Yeah. I mean. He he knows the sacred texts yeah. back and forth, and and can quote them and point you in the right direction. And I mean, he is he is he is my Obi Wan. You know, I noticed you and I doing it though, because mm-hmm. like Shannon and him were kind of going at it. Shannon. He, he said he had some drinks that day, mm-hmm. and, uh, but. <laughs> Right, but you and I, so. I, I remember just looking at you and I, and I swear we didn't say like more we, than 20 no, we words. Didn't, we didn't say much. D- you didn't have to. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's kind of like going to church, but more real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put. Oh, we should introduce everyone here. Uh, Jimmy joining me for Broken News. Hello. Also, Eggfu and Adam hey. here as well. Yay. And so, Good to be uh, back. But since, hey. we, since we'd recorded this, though, we took a bunch of friends to go see oh. uh, The Last Jedi, and I watched it in no shit, like a whole new light, with Lee three feet away from me, watching him lose, no shit, leaning forward like a child, like mm-hmm. enjoying this. Oh, like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, he loves this. You oh, know, absolutely. I, I'm Admiration. I think it's so great to listen to him talk about it and watch him enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. one of the greatest things. I've still only seen it once. Really? Oh, I've been too. so busy. Oh. Me too. I've only seen it once. I've seen it twice. I mean, like I don't like I've known people that have seen it like seven times, eight times. I'm like, well, like, Jesus like Ryan Tall has seen it like twenty times, I think, or something. Has he like really? That. Like he's seen it a bunch. Like <laughs> Ryan, I know you're listening. Please let me know because I don't want to like misquote you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I I do need to rush out and see it again because I do believe it deserves to be seen on a big screen. This, yes, this thing. Mm-hmm. This is this is not one you want to wait for. Yeah. Netflix or whatever the fuck. Um, you need to go out and see this on a big screen because the the not only is the movie this big, but the emotions are that big as well. Yeah, I mean, I cried like a little girl when R two played the message. Oh, the, oh my the god! Original, <laughs> the original yeah. message. Oh my Christ! <laughs> it just right hit me. Just and what, he says oh. like like. Nice. There's like, he, yeah, he's he, like, it's not fair. Or something like move. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. move, R2. The dick scene move. that made me just lose, like, just start bawling like a baby was when Yoda showed up. I yeah. wasn't yeah. expecting that. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's fucking Yoda's a force ghost. And they used the puppet. They didn't do the shitty CGI. And I just, I was yeah. crying like a little kid. And like, I don't cry. Eddie cries at movies. I'm not the crier. <laughs> I was dying like five times. I read uh, an article about that, about the puppet. And uh, they went to the Lucasfilm archives, and the only things that existed still was that the the mold of the head, mm-hmm. and I think one or both hands. I can't remember if it was just one or both hands. So they they did it from the molds from the Empire Strikes Back model, and then they then they had to go and use you know archive stuff to recreate the puppet and everything. Yeah. And, and yeah. Frank Frank Oz was helpful as well. He's like you know it was like this you know and and, and all that, but. People were complaining that he wasn't ghostly enough in the in the movie in, in Last Jedi. He looks too much like he's actually there as opposed to a Force ghost, right? They're bitching about that, and and so the direct- because this is all real. Yeah. So the director says, "Well, there's a reason I did that. Those guys at Lucasfilm did such a fucking good job putting that puppet back together. I wanted you to see the <laughs> yeah, detail. Right? <laughs> I wanted you to see how good they did at recreating this goddamn thing. That's funny. And I just went, kudos." Kudos. The thing with I, I, I applaud and I tip my hat towards people who direct these movies because you can't win. 
No. There's just no, no winning to no. it. Like, you're going to get fucking chewed out every day yeah. for the rest of your life. You ruined my franchise. You ruined my childhood. I'm like, God, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't fucking imagine having to deal with that kind of shit. I mean... Yeah, just, it's a fucking just, movie, man. Just look at just look at his Twitter feed, the directors, or or J.J. Abrams for that matter. Sure. Just look at their Twitter feed, uh, you know, because they've had the audacity to take these treasured things, Star Wars and Star Trek, and bring them forward with new life and and love and, and how dare you do that well, right you know, i don't i just don't get it i don't like the you prequels know? i mean i'm the first to say it but like fuck you it's lucas's creation if he wants to fuck it right into the wall he can do it whatever the hell he wants you know it's his <laughs> creation so <laughs> who gives a fuck what you think bud i, I guess the problem is you, know, you, you guys talk about how dc fans are their own worst enemies yeah i, I are, say that a lot are I, dc fans or star wars fans the worst enemy i don't know i don't know. i think it's star trek i think star, star trek, trek is, we're, I, I think yes. they're harsher they are harsh. Yeah, I was just reading a thread this morning. People talking about Discovery. I'm. I love that Still show so seen, much. Haven't seen one episode. Oh my god, it's amazing. I haven't one. I'm a terrible person. Oh. Well, then let's dive into the news because I have a story about that coming up. Canceled. Uh, <laughs> it was too gay. <laughs> uh, no, speaking of DC fans, uh, Warner Brothers wanted Justice League to be a hit. And it was good, god damn it. And it was good. Go see it. It wasn't what... See, here's the, here's the problem. that Not just you know, Hollywood people. Businesses do this, too. Sure. Before, some, before a product gets rolled out or a radio show is put on the air, yeah. um, <laughs> they have expectations of where it needs to be at a certain time. Yeah. And if it's not there, they consider it a failure. Even if it came close. Yeah. It's still a failure. So in... in Warner Brothers mind Justice League to them because they had this expectation here, up here, and it only got to here. They're considering it a failure. Mm-hmm. I think a smart businessman looks at that and goes, well, look what we did. You know? Yeah. Hell, we did yeah. all right. Look at that. I don't... I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers officially. Did, did they lose money on it? No, I what? don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, I don't think they did. No. I mean, it made more money than I'll ever see in my life, so... I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well... So Hollywood Studios, uh, the Warner Brothers, they shook up, shaking up things. Uh, Variety has uh, uh, reported that uh, they have now placed Walter Hamada as the incoming executive who will be running the DC movie universe. Hmm. Uh, Hamada has uh, served as executive producer on It, uh, Conjuring, Annabelle horror franchises. He's overseen all of those, so they're like, okay, this guy has a track record, so we're going to put him in charge. So is he replacing Jeff Johns? Jeff Johns is also going to be there, okay. but what each person will be doing remains to be seen. That, I mean, th- those are two very different entities in the sense of like horror, cheap horror films that make exactly. millions yeah. to exactly. a DC. <laughs> That's got a beloved this, you know, for generations. This is clearly a spreadsheet decision. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Horror films that cost a fraction. And I liked Annabelle. Don't oh, yeah. you know, Annabelle creation was scary as shit. But I, 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 would, I wouldn't be like, now you had DC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's weird. So now that's how that's going down. So there right. you go. All right. Our next very exciting bit of news here. I, I, have, re- I have an audio recording to play for you. Uh, ooh. I was going to read the story to you, but I've decided instead we'll let... Let me see if I can do this right. I don't want to. I don't want to screw this up. <laughs> we'll let from beyond the grave. Hang on, damn it! From beyond the grave. I don't edit this show. I want everyone to know that. <laughs> from beyond the grave, here he is to make a major 
Hollywood <laughs> announcement that will please everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Orson Welles. Oh. Are you ready? From today's Hollywood Reporter by Leslie Goldberg. Animaniacs revived at Hulu with two-season order. The streamer is teeming with Amblin Television and Warner Brothers Animation to revive the animated series with Steven Spielberg on board to executive produce. Twenty years after it wrapped its run on the WB network, Hulu, Warner Brothers Animation and Amblin Television are reviving Peabody Award-winning animated comedy Animaniacs with a two-season straight-to-series order at Hulu. Under the deal, Hulu has also landed the library rights to Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain. <clears throat> what a silly name for a show, Pinky and the Brain. I'm sorry, I refuse to read any more. <laughs> but I will tell you that when the desire for mallow-based confection prevails, I must insist upon peeps. I'm, I'm contractually obligated to say that. Good day. Read the rest yourselves. You know how I know that's really Orson Welles? It's because he's so out of breath. He's out of breath. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Now that's uh, that's Maurice LaMarche, of course, voice genius, uh, doing his Orson Welles impression, which is really what the brain is. Yeah. It's Orson Welles. Yeah. A joke I, I never got as a kid. Me neither. I just thought and about And watching yeah. it again now, I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. yeah I was such an asshole when I found out that news, because it said it's not coming until 2020. 2020. And I was like, God, can't you guys draw faster? <laughs> I want something quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, uh, the entire library of original run Animaniacs will also be involved in this, so that yeah. means Hulu it will already have is. those. I was watching it the other night. Oh, oh good. Yeah. Is it on there already? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Animaniacs, yeah. Pinky and the Brain, Pinky. Elmira and the Brain and Tiny Toon Adventures are available Yay. now on Hulu. Whoa. So that'll hold you until you get uh, new Animaniacs in 2020. Do they have the uh, How I Spent My Summer Vacation? I own that movie. movie. No, uh, I so do I. It's such a great movie. Ah. Uh. The it's audience is one, now deaf. One of the greatest trips to like uh, was it Happy World Land? Happy World Land, yeah. <laughs> Where the fun never stops and only 80 bucks a pop. So Beautiful, have, happy. Uh, have you gone back and watched Animaniacs? That show is so dirty. Oh, it is. It's, yeah, got, it's, it's got filthy. The, it's got the dirtiest line. Fingerprints. Fingerprints. Yes. Yeah, just, I don't think so. Just You think there's dirtier than that? No, no. That, that was the, the quote was, she's like, fingerprints, oh. and she's holding prints, and she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know this quote. <laughs> look it up on YouTube. Just oh, look yes. up Animaniacs fingerprints. It's it's so dirty. It's like as a kid, like watching Golden Girls with my parents. Yeah. And now as an adult, I'm like, how did you let me watch that? It's so dirty. She's like, Well, you didn't get it. You thought it was a funny grandma show. I may have said it before. <laughs> no. That is one of my favorite things to do is going back to watch old movies when you were a kid and watched them. And the one I always quote every time is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when they said, Well, if you're really us and we're really you what number are we thinking of? And they go, 69. And when I was a kid, I go, whoa, they got the right number. <laughs> As an adult, now I get now it. Now you get it. <laughs> that's a fun hobby. Right. So that's good news. Yeah. yeah. Now some bad news. Oh, God Aww. damn it. Why? Because we all love American Gods, right? Oh, I heard oh. about this. I haven't, I haven't watched one episode. I'm a terrible person. I gave you the Blu-rays. You really need to no, sit down. No, you gave down. my wife the Blu-rays. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is, that is different. You need to sit down and watch them. Do I? Um, okay. And it'll make you sad when you hear this story. Yes. Uh, because the showrunners, Brian Fuller and Michael Green, left because HBO mm. was going to cut their budget. Was it Stars? Or Stars. I would say it was yeah. on HBO, yeah. 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 HBO's not that dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stars was going to cut their budget yeah. and say, you got you make the show, but you got to make it cheaper so we can make more money. They said, oh, fuck you, we're leaving. Okie dokes. Um, and they're like, no, wait, wait. No, no, seriously, we're leaving. 
So here's what's happening because of that. Apparently, the contracts that people signed were only one season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the stars are not happy about this because they want to work with the people who made the show. Yeah. Uh, and Gillian Anderson has now said, uh, well, I mean, she was in talking about not doing Scully again, which I don't know why was news to everyone. She said has said that for years. Yeah. Um, she also said that she will probably not return as media. The, uh, the, in the second season of American Gods. And, so everyone's just bailing. And she was so amazing. And she was oh. so good as media. She she played David Bowie. She played you know, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Lucy. Lucy. She was brilliant. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth has already said that, that unless they come back, I'm not coming back. No, wow. she was amazing as Easter. She and was so good. She was terrific in that. So that's some bad news. And again, Hollywood, you just made a spreadsheet decision yeah. when you shouldn't be thinking that way. I know it's a business, but there are just some things that you should just... Chuck out a few dollars more? Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, we did get some more casting news. Oh, uh, Gifted is going to be back for a second season. So if you like the X-Men TV show. I'm a terrible person. I haven't watched one episode of that either. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's okay. I like right. it. The worst part is the main character. That's why I always hear. Yeah. I'm like, so hopefully they reduce them a little bit in the second season. I get the feeling that's what they're going to do. Yeah, because the, the other characters are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's coming back for a second season. But we also got news about uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, yeah. Casting. Uh, they have found their Sabrina. Uh, you may not recognize the name, but you know who she is. Uh, Kiernan Shipka is her name. I don't know it. Sally Draper from Mad Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The I've only seen one episode of Mad Men. <laughs> 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 the pilot. <laughs> Jeez, Jimmy. Look, I've seen every episode of Wheel of Fortune for the past years. So I know you have. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> yes, so of Eddie and I, we are an old married gay couple. <laughs> but this is... Uh, the uh, it's the untitled Sabrina project, but it's based on the chilling adventures of Sabrina, the comic book, mm. which is so good. Uh, but this is going to be on Netflix. That's what's interesting about this is that the same sh- uh, the producer, executive producer, and showrunners, right, of Riverdale, which also got another season, yeah, which Shannon I guess loves. And Netflix is co- I love it co-producing. Too. Yeah, Netflix is co-producing. So Riverdale's still going to be on the CW. Yeah. And it takes place in that universe. Allegedly, we don't yeah. know. Uh, but Sabrina is going to be on Netflix. I only have one Sabrina, and it's Melissa Joan Hart, and don't fuck with it. <laughs> well, mine is the white-haired cartoon version of it from, <laughs> from when I was a kid. And she wrote well, on a, she wrote on a like, broom. And, uh, they said it's going to be in the same universe, but they're not going to like share stories. They it's won't actually, share it's stories. Down the way, it's, it's, like, it's across the river, yeah. and it's a completely different world. It's going to be 20 episodes. Uh, it is being described as tonally in the vein of Rosemary's Baby and the Exorcist. Jesus. The uh, imagines the origin adventures of Sabrina as a dark coming-of-age story that traffics in horror, the occult, and, of course, witchcraft. Uh, the adaptation finds Sabrina wrestling to reconcile her dual nature, half-witch and half-mortal, while standing against the evil forces that threaten her, her family, and the daylight world the humans inhabit. So, Well, have you read the comic, the new one? I have not. It's actually really, really good, but it is dark as hell. Because, like, like, again, I grew up with Melissa Joan Hart as Sabrina yeah. the Teenage Witch, and this book is creepy, it's gross, it's full of dark magic. It's everything, basically, your Baptist pastor told you not to read. <laughs> and it's wonderful, so go out there and read it. You mentioned The Exorcist. That's actually one of the worst theater experiences I've ever had in my life. Was uh, Worst in what way? Well, they re-released it back in like 2001, mm-hmm. give or take. And it was me and my buddy Corey watching the movie. And who comes in? Well, uh, 
a Latino family with their four kids uh, that just decided to run around the theater during The Exorcist. I was like, why would you even do it? Like, and they're sitting there like horrified, and they start jumping over the seats and shit. I'm like, this is awful. This is wow. one of the worst things I've ever seen in my oh, entire okay. life. So worst theater going experiences. Okay, that I don't think there's any other ones that are terrible, like vomit or no. That's probably it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then the other bit of news we got is, uh, you know, Disney is doing these live action. Ver- I think this is Disney, isn't it? Merlin is what it is. Uh, Ridley Scott is in talks oh. to direct the Merlin's. Yes, for Disney, the Merlin saga, uh, based on the T. A. Barron book series. Uh, it uh, follows the wizard uh, before he met King Arthur. So mm. prequel, mm. prequel Merlin. I think Guy Ritchie did it best. I'll watch anything Ridley Scott does. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Uh, that's being uh, put together. Uh, so there's that. If you're a King Arthur fan, I know Lee is. Shannon is too. Shannon is too. And uh, we got final. Uh, we just talked about it a few weeks ago about the George R. R. Martin's Night Flyers TV series. Oh yeah, I saw this news. Uh, yeah. They've got the cast and everything. It's coming together. Uh, Night Flyers by George Really Really Martin. Uh, he will. <laughs> He will have an executive producer credit on the show. Uh, showrunner uh, Daniel Cerrone, who uh, runs The Blacklist and Constantine. Uh-huh. Both different but interesting shows. I'm still watching The Blacklist. I don't know why, but I am. I know why I'm watching It's one person. It's because yeah. his stories. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's because of the wonderful stories that he tells. Let me yes. tell you about the hat I found in <laughs> Africa one time. It was a little village. <laughs> I made love to a woman in a rug company. What, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> Just keep talking. I will listen all day long. A to wonderful you. dessert they had. It was a, you know, an almond crumble that I, I haven't been able to recreate. You know. And then he kills people. Oh, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's, that's the only reason to watch that's, that. Show. That's There's why I'm no watching. No other and reason. Constantine showed up in Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. And I'm thrilled. Yeah. They, they need to have him on as a regular, but they won't. Why I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it will be on the Sci-Fi Channel uh, and. Uh, yeah, Sifi. And uh, this, this is the cast. Uh, Gretchen Maul from Boardwalk Empire will lead the cast as Dr. Agatha Matheson. She is joined by uh, Merlin's Yun Macken as Carl DeBrandon. Uh, David Ajala as Roy Eris. Sam Strike as Thale. Teen Wolf's Maya Eshnet as Lamy. Uh, Angus Sampson as Rowan, Jody Turner Smith as uh, Melantha Churl, <laughs> and the magicians Brian F. O'Byrne as Augie. Uh, they, they don't have a premiere date yet, but uh, there you go. So that's George. I think they're R- targeting this year, though, aren't they? Well, I got I a cast know. together, so yeah. they they might start shooting. Who knows? Uh, let's see. Oh, and now back to the uh, Star Trek thing. This is these are two stories I've stapled together, which I refer to as Amazon giveth, Amazon taketh away. <laughs> of course. Um, so, what's the big complaint? Well, it's too gay. I can't pick one about Star Trek Discovery. There, there's so many complaints. Are people about really it. saying that? I've only got one complaint, oh, yeah. and it's the CBS app. Yeah, the, the app, CBS yeah. app. The CBS app. Exactly. So, <laughs> up steps Amazon. Now they got the the Amazon uh, channels on Amazon Prime. You pay mm-hmm. what is it ninety nine a year? Yeah. yeah, and you not only get the shipping, but you get to watch Amazon Prime. Well, they've stepped up and said we're going to make the CBS app available on Amazon Prime. You're Wait, sh- I'm going to get it. 
you're going to get it, but you have to pay extra. Well, I, I do that with like stars oh. for American Gods. It's like eight bucks a month, and you like a star Showtime, and mm-hmm. you can watch like Shameless or mm-hmm. all these other shows. So hmm. it is, you know, one stop shopping, and you don't have to deal with the app, but you will have to pay the same rates as well. Uh, like so, the uh, uh, the uh, five ninety nine per month is with commercials. And the nine ninety nine per month is without on Amazon. That's on fine. Amazon. So, so that's all, on they're, top all they're saving you is just not downloading the app. That's all they're doing. So, so, so go fuck yourself. The app sucks. <laughs> the app is terrible. I tried watching it on the app and it kept crashing. And see, I didn't so have Amazon any works. And see, I I don't have any problem with I I used the Xbox. Yeah, me too. Uh, so did I. Oh, and you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. And see, I. So did you have the. The one with commercials or without? I had the one with, with commercials. See, we my, uh, and Jeff, it, it froze during the commercials. Really? That's where it would always freeze. See, that's and that's the opposite of what people have told me is that it freezes on the show. But I get those commercials just great. Yeah. Uh, but I did the commercial free on the Xbox. Yeah, and, and, I, and see, Maya did too, and I haven't had any problem. Yeah, you know, my roommate Maya, he you know he yeah. had that, and we the first episode. Wait, you're both a, paying for it? No, no, no. Maya's paying for it. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I paid for, for everything else. So, no, just kidding. Uh, no, uh, the first episode had some glitches, but then after that, we didn't have one problem, mm. and so I just I was wondering if it's like. If they're screwing the customers over who have like the one with commercials because they're not paying as much, yeah. or... so you're you'll have one less login, and you yeah. don't seem to have a problem with Amazon Prime. You no, that works great. Okay, I got a I got called money bags over the holidays because at my brother's house, uh, we were watch. I introduced him to Future Man. Oh yeah, on Hulu. Yeah. On Hulu. Mm-hmm. And then a commercial started popping up, and I go, "Do you not pay for the commercial free thing?" He's like. Oh, we're not all loaded like you. I'm like, it's three dollars more. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's three bucks. And Bob. you know what? Commercials don't really bother me usually. It's when they play the same one, yeah, over and over. Like, great, I'll have a fucking Coke. Can I have another commercial, please? No, there are some on demands when you go through, like, on my cable on yeah. Xfinity, and, and you go to on demand on Fox or whatever it is. Yeah. And some shows that just aren't as popular, they get. You know, one sponsor, oh. but you get that sponsor in every break, sure. it's and horrible. so you're seeing the same commercial every time. But anyway, uh, so that's the Amazon giveth. Here's the Amazon taketh away. Um, if you're an anime fan, you uh, know no, no, that this is a good story. This is a good story. Yeah, anime <laughs> anime strike is being taken off of Amazon Prime. It's not being. They're taking. It used to be you paid an extra ten dollars a month. Yeah, it was, and it you was, got their anime channel. Yeah, and anime strike, right? Yeah. They just folded it into Prime. Oh, so you can still watch this stuff. It's still there. They're just they just realized that they weren't going to get people to pay for it. Yeah, people. I'm not going to. Oh, pay okay. Yeah. I didn't read that far enough ahead into the story. Mm-hmm. Anime Strike had a lot of issues. Ticket price was sixty bucks a year. Yeah, wow. it was expensive. So Five bucks a month. I wasn't going to. I like anime. Mm-hmm. There's some. They put some real money. Got some good shows. Mm-hmm. And the price was just too high. So now it's just part of Prime. Oh, so Amazon giveth. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, they said, yeah, this isn't working. We'll just... Yeah, we'll give it to you. We'll give it go to ahead. you. There you go. Oh, so that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I completely misunderstood the story. And well, I don't understand anime is why. But. Now that it's for, now, <laughs> now that it's part of that, I'm going to suggest you go watch Into the Abyss. Into the Abyss. One of the best anime series this year. Okay. Yeah. And oh. I will recommend the movie uh, Your Name. It's actually one of the... Uh, it came out two years ago, I think, but then it hit here last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I bought it just on a whim because I read a review that said it was better than anything like Miyazaki's done. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the... 
actually one of the best movies of last year. I even put it up for uh, best cinematography for the UFCA stuff, hmm. Uh, hmm. which no one else did. But it's it's a really great great movie. All right, I'm gonna recommend Pixels. I think it's just a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> only just, if we can watch I, Mother I, again. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw. <laughs> they sent me a link to watch Mother, and I'm like, I've heard so much shit about it. I'm just not gonna waste my fucking time. Oh my but when God. Carrie told me what the ending was, yeah, I go, I'm gonna watch the ending. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I just watched a baby get cracked in half and eaten. <laughs> eaten. And I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that movie and fuck Darren Aronofsky. Punch him in his dick. That's, I actually got to a, 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 I'd say a serious film conversation about Darren Aronofsky. And I'm like, I, he's okay. I mean, I like, liked Black Swan. Black Swan was, it was okay. So weird. was uh, Requiem for a Dream. And so was, uh, what's the other one he did? Um, Who Gives a Shit? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the fuck the fountain. The fountain sucked. But like people are just like holding to this high regard, and I'm like, he's not that great when you really look at his fucking I list. Think, I think they hold him to a high regard because he has a fancy name, Aronofsky. That's true. That's yeah, a fancy yeah, name. Yeah, but fuck, mother, that movie's misogynistic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else before we get back to the episode? Stop crying and talk more about the Last Jedi. Well, I will say uh, t- at the end of the episode, uh, stay tuned because I uh, I get to interview the cast and uh, director and screenwriter of Paddington 2. Now, what's funny about that, I lost my shit the night before uh, I interviewed him mm-hmm. because when I started doing research, you know, like on my phone, IMDb and stuff like that. When I realized that the director and the screenwriter was also involved, directed 20 of the 22 episodes of a great show called The Mighty Boosh. I immediately called Shannon. I was like... Because he loves that oh, show. Oh, we, we went to the concert when I, the, yeah. one of the first times I ever met you guys down in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just said, holy shit. And we were sitting there just laughing our asses off for about 20 minutes on the phone. And then and I was the first interview of the day, uh, interviewing these guys. And we started talking. Like, like oh, like, where'd you fly from? Oh, Salt Lake is an hour flight. Not as bad as you guys from London, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I'm not showing my cards until they say, you know, we're, we're rolling. And I was like... I just have to say thanks for the mighty boosh. And they were like, oh! Because <laughs> everybody's going to talk about fucking Paddington. Which, and it's a, it's a charming film. It's fine, but it is no mighty boosh. <laughs> so, but uh, it was just one of those times where you're like, because I, I even it's asked uh, Shannon, I said, do you guy know a guy named Paul King? And he goes, no. Well, he directed 20 of the episodes of the mighty boosh. What the fuck? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so... So um, they're fun interviews, actually. All right, so we'll, that's that's the end of the episode. We'll get back to the episode here in a moment, real quickly here before I forget. Um, a local uh, person, uh, Cinnamon Hadley, is her name, and she uh, she died recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ivy at Boostik alerted me to this. She was the uh, the muse that that uh, the artists for uh, Sandman comics yeah. used oh. to oh, really? to cre- okay. they based death on her. And, you know, she's famous here in the goth community here in Salt Lake. And, uh, you know, she sadly uh, succumbed to cancer uh, just uh, just this couple of days ago. Um, there is a youcaring.com um, donation place. It's called Saving Cinnamon. And uh, so go there and uh, donate to help pay for her uh, medical yeah. bills and her funeral costs, yeah. if you would, please. And uh, Ivy knew her quite well. So yeah. stop by Boostique and... Say hi to Ivy. That's a great name. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Cinnamon Hadley. So uh, there you go. All right. Let's get back to the episode where we continue to talk about, hey, we liked it. (laughs) 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 The the Last Jedi. It's Stop Crying. Please to enjoy. Talking about sex can be 
uncomfortable. And you know it shouldn't have to be. At Black Velvet Boutique, they believe there's no shame in sex or wanting to be educated about sex. Black Velvet Boutique is an all-inclusive, judgment-free shopping environment. They emphasize positive relationships between partners and with oneself. Black Velvet Boutique, they're located on 293 South State Street in Clearfield, Utah. You can go to blackvelvetboutique.com or give them a call, 801-525-1583. They're open seven days a week. They are locally owned and operated, staffed by some really cool, fun, compassionate, and caring women, Dawn and Leah. Very supportive, very passionate about making sure that uh, their customers have a positive experience. You're free to shop anonymously or engage with any of the Black Velvet Boutique staff. They're interested in building honest dialogue and relationships with their customers and helping people make informed choices. Black Velvet Boutique is its not a porn store or a novelty store. It's for grown-ups who enjoy or want to enjoy sex. Black Velvet Boutique, huge advocates of self-care, which is about understanding your body and sexual needs and desires. Visit them at their store, 293 South State Street in Clearfield, or call them. Ask them about their free workshops, Black Velvet Boutique. Hey, are you doing all the work? I mean, are you having groceries, ingredients shipped to your home, and then you're doing all the work? I mean, really, you couldn't send me pre-made croutons? I gotta slice the almonds? All that packaging and ice packs, that can't be good for the environment either. Let Chef Daniel do it for you. Home delivery service geared for those who can't cook or are too busy or have decided to make changes in their diet and don't know where to start. This is from scratch cooking in resealable, reusable containers. Ask Shannon. He's used this service. Menu changes weekly. You can order as much or as little as you like. No commitment to order every week. Daniel can accommodate all food preferences and allergies. Vegan, vegetarian, paleo, gluten, and dairy-free. Daniel sources a lot of ingredients locally. He's proud to source and serve a lot of local product. Go to his website, Cantu's Catering, C-A-N-T-U-S Catering.com for more information or to submit a home delivery request or contact Chef Daniel at 801-359-6035. Oh, Daniel can cater your party or special event no matter how big or small. Ask me or Jimmy about that. He's done that for us before. And you get a special discount if you tell Daniel, Geek Show says hey. Geek Show Podcast is brought to you in part by the Booze Teak. Mmm, yeah. Geeky drinking accessories like Death Star ice molds, Chewbacca can cozies, flasks featuring Doctor Who, Captain America, and Dadass, Battlestar Galactica coasters, shot glasses featuring Star Trek and Doctor Who, Shotskis, corkscrews, wine bags, gifts, and more. And if you tell them Geek Show says hey, you'll get 15% off of your purchase. Booze Teak is located at 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City, or look at them online at boozeteakslc.com. Geek Show loves Booze Teak. Hi, this is Carrie, and I'm here with my wife, Sue. Hi. I'm so proud of her. She started her own business doing what she loves. Tell us about my workout buddy. I believe that working out with someone will keep you motivated and accountable to your fitness goals, so I'm your workout buddy. I will meet you at your Salt Lake County gym or rec center for a 60-minute workout session. If motivation won't get you to the gym, my workout buddy will. So you will come to my gym? Yes. The more you know about your own gym's equipment, the less time you'll waste trying to figure out a routine. I think it helps build confidence 
confidence and competency, and that makes going to the gym more enjoyable. But you're not my personal trainer. Well, I'm a, a certified trainer, but this is not a personal trainer service. So what do you do? I am actually going to work out with you. I'll do cardio, weights, group classes, whatever you want to do. I will help you with options to make exercises effective and help you towards any fitness goals you may have. That's a great idea. How do people start? Well, message me on Facebook at my workout buddy SLC or email me my workout buddy SLC at iCloud.com. One session is $20. If you cancel an appointment less than 12 hours before the start time, there is a $10 cancellation fee. And why is that? That's motivation and accountability. And if you tell Sue Geek Show says, hey, you'll get half off of your first session, my workout buddy SLC. All right, we're back with our uh, Star Wars discussion. And I, I gotta say, this is a rarity. We took our break. Nobody's like, I'm gonna go get a drink. Yeah, no. yeah. Because we're, we're like, let's keep talking yeah. about this shit. All right, well, so now what were some of the complaints that you saw? Uh, the two biggest complaints, three, three biggest complaints were they shit all over Luke. Uh, we've already addressed that. Okay. Uh, for well, one, for just, one. Well, just okay. Go ahead, and then I'll. Uh, the, I would I would reference uh, the the fantastic movie Star Wars, <laughs> two, the Attack of the Clones. Uh, <laughs> well. Count Dooku, uh, played by a man at the time in his 80s, mm-hmm. uh, was so clearly a stuntman that the only times <laughs> you ever saw Christopher Lee's face was when they were doing the close-ups. And yeah. you know, Lucas does this whole thing, well, I shot a tone poem. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, regardless, it was very clearly, uh, very clearly a stuntman doing all of Dooku's scenes. Mm-hmm. So you get uh, Hamill, who's in his mid-60s, and I, I think they did a good job of shooting his action. Mm-hmm. But I think that if they'd have this long, what the fan service really wanted was a big old duel. They want this big. They wanted him, and you could they tell the Darth Maul fight scene. They yeah. could tell they were setting it up because he's got this whole line of adats, and and I could tell that there were some geeks in the audience who were like, he's going to force push all those adats away, and he's going to bring that destroyer I, down. And, and I will say that was my movie. I had in my head. right, and well, and that's what I loved about this movie is that because. I mean, they would. They were throwing tricks mm-hmm. at you all the time. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 at the beginning of the movie, we see his his X wing is mm-hmm. is is under mm-hmm. the water. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ray, and I'm like, Ray's gonna lift that. I'm like, yeah, he's gonna, gonna lift it he's out. Gonna take right. it out. And, and then at the end, even though the cockpit's on his door, you know, we're gonna see Luke fly in and take on the First yeah. Order in his right. X wing. Right. That's that's what and they that's wanted what, you to think. And, yeah. and that would have been a fan service movie, right? Yeah. But like, you know? I love the fact that I didn't know what the. Fuck no, what's yep. gonna happen in this movie? I liked yep. this final Luke scene better than anything that I've had presented to me because that they he, think would have been better. I because think it was he, beautiful. Because anyway. he learned. Yeah. He learned. Yeah. He realized because what does Luke do all the time? Empire Strikes Back. Luke runs off before his training's even finished to take on mm-hmm. a fucking Dark Lord of the Sith. What does Luke do in, Rever- in, in Return of the Jedi? He takes on Jabba's empire, basically kills an entire uh, government organization, <laughs> um, wipes out. You know, it, it, none of this is thought through. He's just yeah. impulsive. This was very clearly thought through. I'm going to go fuck with my nephew's head mm-hmm. and distract him long enough that my friends and allies can, can get escape. away. And the other big, big uh, gripe is uh, before I get into that, call Ray a Mary Sue to my face. What's I, a Mary Sue? A Mary like Sue he... is a term that was coined from a, a Star Trek fan fiction back in the late '70s, early '80s, where. This girl on the bridge was her name is Mary Sue, and she had just arrived on the Enterprise, and she was the best astro navigator there was, and she mm-hmm. was a really good shot with a phaser, and everything she did was perfect. And really, what it was was the uh, the writer creating a character that served wish fulfillment. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's why she was. Ray is not a Mary Sue because Ray is actually she's King Arthur. She's she's every great heroic character yes. that's ever come before who had destiny thrust upon them. And with that great power, great responsibility, all that other shit. The saying she's a Mary Sue is like saying Peter Parker's a Mary Sue. No. No, right. this is a person with extraordinary power and yeah. and who takes on the mantle of knight, of hero, of protector. So well, Yes. Like, like I, yep. No, like this, this whole movie, the, like, sorry, I got to. Oh, right. people, people, people are going, they're going apeshit and, and screaming about how this Mary Sue character is thrust on them because and she's that's perfect bullshit. at the force immediately. No. Well, no, the force works in mysterious ways. You've got Snoke, who's immensely powerful, and you've got uh, Kyle, uh, Kylo, who's immensely powerful. Then you're going to have somebody who's literally going to adapt to the force. You see how Rey adapts to the force. It's super subtle. She's down on the beach, and there's mm-hmm. the big rock, and she starts looking at the rock, and she starts practicing the lightsaber forms, and immediately she gets them because she's very intuitive. She's a mechanic. She's methodical in her thinking. So that rock, you don't realize it till like second or third time through, mm-hmm. or after listening to me babble about it, that rock was obviously like a dummy that ancient Jedi practiced their lightsaber forms on. Mm-hmm. And so they would work mm-hmm. on it, work on it, work on it. She looked at it and said, oh, this is how you do this, this is how you do this, this is how you do this. It's fantastic. The complaint is... Oh, after all this buildup over her parents. No, assholes, you built that up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's my thing is that all of the all of the shit that they're complaining about is yeah. stuff that they built in their heads. Exactly. You, des- you decided she was Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. And my thing was like, what a great that is exactly like the beat in Empire, where we find out that Luke is Darth's son, right? Mm-hmm. How that would that pull the rug like, out from under you? Wait, well, no, because because we all like uh, like well, I guess three of us <laughs> sat in a theater and we saw that right, Luke. I am your father, and we all went the fuck. Yep. Right, and it was it was almost like the same that Ray's parents were nobody. Ray's that they were yeah. drunks the, that the sold people, her. The people that had Ray at the moment that she. There's, there's so many yeah. things that you could be getting fucked with here. And there's another But it was reason. equally as surprising, but in a different way. It, it, was, it was equally and the opposite. Yeah, the exact right. opposite. But, but equally as surprising. Right. So, and here's the great thing about that. I'm glad that she is not of a lineage. Right. I'm glad yes. that the message is, is that the Force, anyone can have it. Yes. Well, Anakin, Anakin, and it's for everyone. Anakin was nobody. Anakin was the yeah. son of a slave. Yeah. Nope. And yeah, he was created by... by right. uh, Midichlorians. Well, no, and, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a fan, it was Sidious and Plagueis basically creating, because the Chosen right. One, the prophecy they, of the Chosen One is not a Jedi thing. It's a Jedi and Sith thing. Both religions had this idea of a perfect being of the Force that would bring balance. Well, see, mm-hmm. and I actually have a, a fan, a Tony fan theory about all mm-hmm. of that, if you're interested. Go ahead. Sure. So I think that, that uh, the Skywalker line is not actually the beings that are supposed to bring balance to the Force. I think that Sidious and Plagueis tried to force the uh, prophecy. prophecy to completion themselves. Right. And we have yet to see who will bring balance to the Force, and it could be anyone. It could be It could be the kid with the, with the it broom. Could, it no. could be that the Force is constantly out of balance and needs to be rebalanced. Or, yeah, right. it could be multiple yeah. people. Yeah. Lee, I'm right with you. It's yeah. like the Force 
balances itself. Right, Constantly. and that's what and that's what Luke was trying to get across yeah. to well, Ray. People, people it's are... it's vanity to think that the the Force relies on the Jedi and to I bring balance to it. Vanity, so good. Arrogance. arrogance, and this is the thing. Yeah. There multiple times I've talked about one of the brilliant things about the prequels is they actually talk about the arrogance of the Jedi Order. Yeah. They destroyed themselves mm-hmm. because they were too arrogant to realize that the Dark Lord of the Sith was fucking sitting across the desk from them half exactly. the time and cackling about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Hubris. They, they were a, they were a a, a priest class mm-hmm. that were just, they didn't give a shit. They were manipulated yeah. into losing their way and, yeah. and, and it's kind of brilliant. Oh! But, so, so, and the fact that this movie kind of redeems the goddamn prequels blows my mind. <laughs> Ray, what what I also love though is that people got so caught up in there. There are there are little details that are hinted at that you get so caught up in. Well, if Ray's parents are nobody, then all my fan theories are invalidated. You, exactly, you just shit yeah. all over it. Okay, that's you fine. Don't catch the fact that okay, so Ray's nobody. What is nobody? What is nobody? Uh, she 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 stands in a long line of replicas of herself. Hmm. In a franchise that has a history with clowns. Uh, See, that sorry. reminded me of the Luke going to the cave. It was, yeah. the dark side cave. Yeah. And it shows you what you need to see. Yeah. So she goes down in the cave. She sees this long line of herself. And then she gets to the end of the line and she says, show me my parents. And these two images blend into one and it's her. Yeah. Uh, okay, so part of me goes, cool, raise a clone. I didn't even think and about that. And another part of me goes... Oh, Ray's nobody. Ray's nobody. We don't no. know. And, and you know that. what I'm going to say? Ray has always been her own fucking parent. Exactly. She's been taking care of herself as long as she's been a fucking it's, alive. That's the brilliance of that scene. Because I go, oh, maybe she's a clone. Shannon looks at it and goes, Ray's only Ray because of Ray. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ray didn't need anybody else. She, she didn't need to sit on Jakku until she was 21 years old waiting for her parents to come back because she made herself into and Ray. And it's called fucking nuance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's open to interpretation. The... the other Star Wars movies are not. This I fucking This is yeah, you're right. This is the first one that is it's so subtle. It, it's very nuanced. I'm going to say like all the other Star Wars movies have been made for kids. To a degree, yeah. And there and there there's there's it's all there. Yeah. It's yeah. all on the screen. I, Rogue, I, I would say Rogue One was not made for kids. No. No. Oh yeah, no, that's God. separate. But this is the first in the Skywalker story of Star Wars movies that was not made for kids. Was there extra comedy thrown in for kids? Yes, there fucking was. Had to be. Uh, But there were two more major complaints that were thrown out there. Uh, The first was Snoke, which I'll get into detail about. Let's talk about Snoke. But the second one was Cantu Bite. So don't don't let me forget Cantu Bite. I've got got one more big complaint that was left out. Uh, Let me just address uh, Flying General Leia. Eh. Oh, let's see. What do they do? They hold their hands up to pull things to themselves. Yeah. yeah. What happens oh. when you pull something that's giant so, and you're weightless? Here, here, you get pulled toward I, it. And, yeah. and I was able to calm a fan down in like two to three sentences. Yeah. I just don't understand. How is that possible? So, I said, well, first of all, space movie. Well, there's that. <laughs> first of all, first of all, <laughs> first it's a of fucking all, movie, right? It's a fucking yeah. movie. Uh, second of all, mm. you have not been around Leia for thirty years. You don't know that she hasn't maybe secretly been practicing, yeah. or that she's secretly that. had to yeah. hide the fact well, that she's a force shield. Yeah. Or and in a in a desperate and dangerous situation like that, your instinct might kick in. That's my like interpretation. The, like the adrenaline, you know, mm-hmm. lifting a car, the mother lifting a car thing. Yep. Right. It's the same thing. That she's was gotta my, go save her kids. You know. That was my interpretation of it. Is that she has shown in almost all the movies. Mm-hmm. That she has some connection to the Force. Yes, right? she has yeah. a natural like, aptitude. Right. Even, well, even episode she's a four. Skywalker. Yeah, she's right. a exactly. Skywalker. Vader exactly. even grounded. That's when Luke right. comes out of hiding. They and, start fighting. And yep. that was my interpretation mm-hmm. of it, Carrie, is that she was out there and she was <laughs> fucking dying in space. Yeah. 
and it kicked in. Probably never do it again, right? Yeah. But this was the one time that well, she would, self-preservation, no, okay. man. No, another big complaint mm-hmm. was the, and I thought it was some of the best moments of the movie, mm-hmm. was Ray and Kylo talking to each other. Oh, oh. being... being uh, They're the, talking. Well, and it was interesting, because the first, first time through, I thought that they had this psychic presence. Mm-hmm. Second time through, realized, no, that was Snoke. Yeah. Snoke was bridging them together. Mm-hmm. Snoke was basically, it was basically Skype through Snoke, <laughs> but, and, and using that to manipulate them. But, but here's the thing. Is that this? This is not the first time that this has happened. No, Luke and Vader did it all. Luke the time. and Vader did it. Yep. And Leah and Luke did it. Yep. And there's a cut scene in if Return of the Jedi. If you go back in the originals and look, yeah, there's a cut scene in Return of the Jedi where where Luke's building his lightsaber outside a cave yeah. uh, on Tatooine, and Vader's talking to him mm-hmm. while he's trying to build the saber. Yeah. Vader's trying to to, to preach so, it. So I don't want to hear that we've never seen this before. No, Luke would have died at the end of Empire. And another another example of the Force doesn't work that way. I would just also remind you that until Return of the Jedi, we didn't realize you could do the lightning shooting out of the fingers. Nope. Exactly. Now, we didn't bitch about that. No. Nope. We went, oh! Yep. <laughs> and also, the, the, I, I don't want anyone to complain about the Force doesn't work that way. Yeah. We obviously don't know. The and f- also, yeah. keep this in mind, yeah. uh, they, they touch on on Clone Wars cartoon all the time, is that the different Jedi have different fighting styles mm-hmm. that could be native to their home planet. That the Force in itself is not a Jedi or a Sith thing. It's something that uh, mm-hmm. that's that's the whole thing with Chirrut Imwe. Chirrut Imwe is a, is is Force sensitive, and he is able to use the Force to see, even though he's completely blind. And he can the Force is his ally, right? Mm-hmm. So, and he's not a Jedi. He's or, just somebody that worships the Force. Or anybody that watches Rebels. Yeah, the way they play, uh, the way they've explained the Force. Goddamn! What is it? Uh, the, the fucking the moose, the Bendu. moose bear guy. Yeah, right? the, the Bendu. space bear. Moose. Right, and, and holy shit, it's also fucking good. And this is the thing that I don't mm-hmm. fucking get. People are so upset. It's changed everything. Well, thank God, because it was getting because, a little stale. And also, as, as the penultimate Star right. Wars fan, <laughs> I, I but, was I was going to say it. Yeah, but I'm glad you said it. Yeah, but. It has opened it up completely. Any, any like creator with a great Star Wars idea can do anything now. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at a let's let's use a real world example for this. If uh, if you see Tai Chi in motion, you mm-hmm. go, okay, Tai Chi seems really calming. It's a it's a physical meditation, right? So mm-hmm. you're out there doing your forms. And then you realize, oh wait, this is the root of kung fu. Oh wait, this is the root of karate. This is the, the you know uh, basically mm-hmm. every form of martial art that's come out of that is different. So if you see a force user doing something differently than another force user did, that's because that's their that's their relationship with the force. And mm-hmm. the force is weird, trippy shit. This is like trying to talk about religion without putting the trappings of religion mm-hmm. in, into uh, mm-hmm. a theology or a franchise. So you're talking about channeling this mystical force that unites us all. I would say that it's going to manifest in whatever way they can manipulate it to. Mm-hmm. So if that means, you know, Snoke doesn't fire lightning out of his fingertips. He fires it out of the floor. And yeah. that's freaky. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about Snoke, and then I want to talk about the books. Cantu Bite is a yeah, big one. and Cantu Bite. So uh, Snoke, everyone was disappointed that he just died. Died and, Not everyone. and was inconsequential. I, I thought, well, I I thought was it was now when I When I say uh, yeah. everybody, I'm talking about the complainers. I was stunned. Right. I thought it was awesome. I'm... I'm glad they did that because you didn't see it coming. Nope. I mean, that was, again, another reason to enjoy this movie was because 
you went in with expectations. Some more than others. Your with their your, your brain sure. was your brain was convinced that you were going to go forward and you're going to have your Empire Strikes Back moment, and then that was going to go to your Return of the Jedi moment. Exactly. But you but, you, but hey, the one thing that you, the first thing that I, no one saw coming, at least I didn't, is because I know his face looks like kind of just like mm-hmm. frightened at the end of Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but grabbing that saber and just fucking chucking it and be like, yep. nope. I ain't doing this. Do you oh, guys that was, remember that, that I said that? I, I, like, I said that on the show. I was like, wouldn't it be great if he just said, oh, fuck this thing and threw it over his shoulder? <laughs> that that <laughs> was the scene that said you have no idea what's yeah. coming. Yep. Yeah. But, yep. But, but back to Snoke. Yep. The people who hated the, f- the, the character wound up that way were the ones, and I've said it before, you made a movie in your head before mm-hmm. you went in and you're disappointed that it's not that movie. You went in, I didn't have a Snoke theory. No, yeah. All right. neither did I. Which is why I think I like this movie so much. There were a lot of people. This, you know? this is uh, regardless of how you stand on the prequels trilogy. A lot of that happened before, and so I've been here a mm-hmm. couple of times. Yeah. I've been here a couple of times because people already made their prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and this wasn't what they got. So whether they like it or not, in some cases, it was already predisposed. They were already predisposed to hating it because it wasn't what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, maybe it just wasn't the movie they should have gotten. But maybe. Can I ask, like, the three older people here at the table, right? <laughs> hey. Every single time, like, we saw Star Wars movies, and then we went in, and we just went in. It was like, oh, my God, new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And we had no preconceived notion of what was going to fucking happen. Yeah. And we just watched a, a Star wow. Wars movie, and we were like, oh. The sad part about that right. is that's a product of the time you lived in. It is you a time you can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, what with I'm the, saying, with the internet and, and that's everything. why like people are being so shitty about it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but they're they're also they're also doing some really interesting things, and in that they're they're painting a, a really unrealistic picture of the time we grew up in. Because um, I'm I can't do it yet, but I will be able to do it within the year. I think once it comes out on video, I'll be able to actually do the count. Uh, the complaint about Snoke is that we don't know anything about him. That we don't know anything about him. And he was a wasted character. And he was just there, and he and he died. And so uh, I'm willing to bet that Snoke had more dialogue in the two movies that he was in than Palpatine did. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, guess what? We didn't know Palpatine's name in the original trilogy. I didn't exactly. know. I didn't know who the fuck he was in, yeah. in Empire. Right. Yeah. He, he was a looming giant head, holograph a giant head, and, yes. and a lady. And like, to top it off, because, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. They they I, had know. a woman in a hood. You know? With some face appliance doing the lines the first time through. Special but, edition changed that. But I didn't care. No. Exactly. I, so, wow, I, look at that. So so what do you need what do you need to know about him? He led the first order. He's powerful. He's Kylo's master. He trained Kylo. Uh that he fucks with Kylo and Ray's brains. Actually, there's a lot more going on with Snoke than there ever was with Palpatine. Exactly. And he served his purpose and then was done. And what was his purpose? Was to create the fucking monster that is going to terrify us in episode nine. Yes. Oh. So, so fuck y'all. Nailed it. So there's that. Canto bite. Can't let's get to Canto bite. No, I will is make that it. Benicio del Toro's character? No, no. that's his name's DJ. That's the planet. Canto that's bite the, was that's the, the casino oh. planet. Casino City. Yeah. Oh. D, his name his name's DJ, and it's interesting because his motto is don't join. Mm-hmm. And he has a pouch that has an arabesh don't join. He's uh I'm also not convinced that he wasn't planted there by the first order to bring them there in the first place. Mm. Because lo and behold, they get put in a cell on a planet full of War profiteers. What are you talking about? Yeah. And what we learn from him Mm -hmm. is that these war profiteers, you'd like to paint them just in one, you know, one one color. They're selling to both sides. They're selling to both sides. Yeah. Which is a great 
and an important message that resonates in the real world here today. It's right here one, and now, yeah. All right. right. It's one of the most real word world messages exactly. in a goddamn Star Wars movie fucking ever. So the, the big the big complaint being that Rose and Finn go to Canto Bite and that it's wasted. It's completely wasted. Their mission's a failure. No. Blah 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 blah. No, actually their their message was not a failure because their their mission was not their mission. They didn't know what their mission was. Their mission wasn't to go and break into Snoke's Super Star Destroyer uh, or Super Star Frigate. It wasn't that at all. Their mission was to show these kids that spark of hope. That line is used over and over through the movie. Be the spark that ignites the rebellion. Rose shows that little boy the signet with the rebel rebel signal on it, and she leaves it with him. And then at the end of the movie, you get this thing that fucking busts me down every time. Uh, growing up a poor kid who couldn't afford Star Wars figures, I built my own. So I would sit around a campfire because, guess what? When I lived in Carson City when I was seven, we were fucking homeless. And we'd sit around. I'd play with my homemade Star Wars figures. And then when I was doing my chores, my so broom was my lightsaber. So that end scene where they have that spark of rebellion lit in their bellies, where they're like, we're going to fight back against this corruption and this bullshit while we're telling stories of this awesome Luke Skywalker where he outsmarted the First Order. Uh, with our, so with our, you were that kid. You were that kid that was I, like uh, that kid was that everybody. master Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That kid, that yeah. kid was every single one of us that's right. that's been beat up or downtrodden or or not. You know, it's that scene, that last scene, just kills me in a way that no Star Wars movie ever has. But those adventures with Rose and Finn were very important to get Finn where he needs to. He be. He needed to be the hero. Right. He needs he needs to experience those things to get to the point where he's willing to sacrifice his life for the cause. Mm-hmm. Right. Where at the beginning of his story in this, he's and, quitting. He's going to go save he's Ray. And he almost kind of sort of quit, yeah. like, even though he's going to find Ray. Yeah. So he was bailing he on was the bailing. rebellion. He yeah. was bailing on the rebellion. He was saving his own ass. So he had to have this adventure to get him to the point where he would be willing to sacrifice himself I for the cause. I cannot wait for so his... It's important that that yes maybe the mission failed and there will be another one in the next but, movie and and but there was a reason that that happened it needed the, to happen for Finn to get in, to that point most, and he needed to be inspired by Rose in I, most classic mythology there are three trials that yeah. hit on the on the hero's journey mm-hmm. in the first movie um, Finn quits he quits at Masconata's castle by the way the Masconata scene fucking killed me in this movie oh yeah that was pretty uh, cool. so he quits in the in the cantina in the bar mm-hmm. he quits and he mm-hmm. goes and joins up he's going to join up with a pirate. And this pirate, uh, Sidonathano, the Crimson Corsair, he's he's going to take Finn on this life of adventure out in the Outer Rim. And then he realizes, wait, I have to be the hero. I have to go save Rey. Second movie, he meets DJ. DJ is all about fucking high style. Yep. Don't join. Don't do the thing. It's the second temptation on the hero's journey. The next movie, there will be a third temptation on the hero's journey. I guarantee you. Before he becomes, you know, the ultimate form of of, of Finn, mm-hmm. he'll have that third temptation to to bow out or be, well, be he, the hero. He starts the movie with in in that universe's uh, viewpoint. He starts as the hero. He's Luke. To them, he is a hero. Right. We know he's not no. because he's trying to escape. Well, he's got he's got to earn that rep. Right. Right. And this is the way he really earns that rep. Yeah. Yes, you were there for the destruction of Star Killer Base. Yes, you were there for that. But you really haven't. It's 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 just uh, haven't earned it yet, baby. Yeah, you haven't earned it yet, baby. It's 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 all a lie. It's yeah. all an image. So From he a had point to. Of view. Yeah, he had to have that. He had right. to have that adventure to get to the point where he would oh, sacrifice yeah. himself. I fucking love this movie and, so much. And, and Rose, <laughs> uh, people complaining about Rose. No, just, I don't even want to hear it. No, I don't want to hear it either. And and the people she's that are, the heart of the movie. She is the 
beating, bleeding, pulsating heart of that movie. And the other stuff, it's just squibbling. It's just it's just complaining for complaining's sake. And there, stop stop with your expanded universe. Stop with your dream fulfillment, wish fulfillment. This was a really subtle, really the, elegant well, movie. There was there was a post that I read from an Asian woman who saw this movie. Mm-hmm. And if you read that, I wish I could find the link because I I lost it. If you'd have read that post, you you would not be bitching about Rose no. because that was so important for her. To see someone like her it's, in this universe, it's like the story you know? from the guy that uh, the guy from Rogue One. Um, I'm forgetting mm-hmm. his name right now, but when when he took his dad to see it, and his dad was crying halfway oh, through. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. They saw his yeah, uh, Hispanic Luna. guy. In yeah, Diego Luna. Luna, and his dad uh, was saying, Diego Luna, yeah, yeah, Diego Luna said, it, you know, that his dad was crying, and he said, "Papa, what's wrong?" And he said, "He sounds like me." Yeah, <laughs> you don't think representation matters? It's and, very and that's easy for us at the table well, to say yeah, right now. Can I say, like, I think the biggest problem the people are really upset about is it was it was the passing of the torch yes oh, yeah. it could have been be. it could be the last star wars movie in the skywalker like saga it really could be yeah because who do we got left just leia yeah. well leia we don't she's have her. dead yeah, she's not yeah. gonna be there good luck we got chewy yeah. Right. Well, and yeah. can and I just say, Carrie Fisher's dead. They did not write Leia's death in this movie, right. which oh. I think they've kind of written themselves into she, a corner. When she got sucked I'm out nervous the, about it. When she but, got sucked out of the bridge it, it, of the ship, I thought, oh, God, this is a really inelegant way to write a character. Right. Right. See, that's yeah. what I, but, but I was so glad that they didn't fucking no. kill her that but no, way. No, because yeah. when they went out that way, I go, okay, that's how she's dying. Mm-hmm. I go, because you have to now. Like, you know, yeah. we don't have her. And then when she came back in, I'm like, oh, shit. I go, maybe she won't come through. Maybe she'll have a few last words. Nope, still around. So I was like, but, I don't know how they're going to handle it. And they said they're not going to do any digital. Right. So. so what I was going to say is like, so we've got one. Well, actually, we've got three of the original characters left. We've got Chewie. We've got R2-D2. Mm-hmm. And we've got C-3PO. And they've been relegated to and the super <laughs> and them, right? But like, they've been relegated to like super supporting characters. Yeah. But even this movie and Force Awakens has given character development to fucking Chewbacca. Yep. yep. Right? Chewbacca has become, he, he has turned from a sidekick to a father figure. Like, like he is now Ray's father figure. Yeah. And he's actually a father figure to the fucking porgs, which I thought I would fucking hate. He's right? angry. <laughs> and, oh my God. Yay. No, no, he right? was saving those for later. That's all. No, I think I think after after decades of looking after Han Solo, who by the way didn't make the greatest decisions in the world, yeah. he was like, I'm just going to hang out with these little space puffins. By the way, uh, it's it's been confirmed now about a thousand times. Uh, for those of you complaining about the porgs, you cannot digitally remove ten thousand puffins from an island. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it was much easier to say, okay, if yeah. the shot's closer than fifty feet, let's just map something else in front of them. Exactly. Let's some, yeah. So it was actually really creative because <laughs> that island is fucking infested with puffins. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very thinking outside the box moment yeah. for them. Congratulations, like, I say. I'm so excited to see what comes next. Mm-hmm. Like 100. percent This is the, this is the first know? time. I'll be honest. This is the first time I've seen a Star Wars movie where I'm very excited for the next one. Well, was, and, and, and and I'll be honest about and it. And back to uh, the the fans who felt like this movie did not treat Luke Skywalker right. I can't remember if you said it on the last episode or if it was off mic. Mm. Uh, the fact that we are different people yeah. than we were 30 years ago. I was 17. Well, and that, that means that Luke, didn't make any good decisions. Luke would be a different person right. than right. he would be now. We were, we were just 
Yes. We were talking off the mic about it. Yeah. And I was like, man, a lot of bad shit has happened to me in the last like mm-hmm. eight to four yeah. years. If I could have gone and like hid on a beautiful fucking island <laughs> surrounded by cute fucking porgs and those snotty little uh, nun aliens, <laughs> I would have fucking done it. Alien nuns. But but the other thing is, which is great uh, for his reaction, like, because why, you know, he didn't like, be bothered. Like why would a Jedi run off and hide? Well, fuck, Ben ran off and hide. They put themselves in exile. Yeah, Yoda, Yoda, Yoda ran did. off and hide. They all ran off. But, the ones that and, are still and, alive. Yeah, they what's did? her name? Yusaka or Ahsoka. 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 She ran off and hid. Yeah, and she had to hide. She had to mask herself. She cut herself off from the Force. Yeah. If you read the Ahsoka book, she cuts herself off from the Force. Uh, Luke Luke had a situation where, and now we know that, mm-hmm. that Snoke manipulated it into him feeling the dark side rising in Kylo, or in Ben. And he manipulated Ben into waking up at that exact moment. So that whole thing was manipulation. But he had his lowest moment as as a Jedi Knight where he was going to strike down a defenseless child, sleeping defenseless child, strike him down because he had insecurity about the whole thing. And that kid turns around and kicks your ass, burns your temple down, and takes four of your most promising students with him. (laughs) And you're, you're sitting there going, oh, I... Yeah. I fucked done, up. I done fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. My arrogance, thinking I could rebuild the Jedi Order. So many brilliant little lines. Uh, you get you get the bit with Holdo uh, doing the broadside maneuver against the Super Dreadnought, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people are like, "Well, why isn't that the weapon they use all the time?" Well, for one, uh, Holdo's ship was a huge fucking ship, which cost billions and billions of space dollars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Also, somebody had to steer it. Also, yeah. um, also, it was always full of like. 3,000 people. people. But when you go from a cast of 400 to a cast of 15, you realize the stakes are pretty high. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you realize that some blabbermouth let the First Order know that your ships that are cloaked are full of people. Yeah. Fucking Poe. Yeah. Um, So you got to do your desperate maneuver. Also, I don't think she knew it was going to work. So they're all like, oh, oh, why didn't they do it all the time? It was a a Hail Mary. It was a Hail Mary pass, and it fucking worked, and she hit it. Also hit it exactly the same way that Leia did as a Force Ghost going through yeah, the hologram, uh, but regardless. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> that's that's the kind of move you don't... That's not your go-to opening move. No, it's not no, that you know, right. Ram, ram, that. ram your because, flagship through the Hux, other ship. You know, Armitage Hux is sitting there on the bridge and he goes, holy shit, I think it's something they study in theory, in yeah. like combat theory. They're like, well, you know, theoretically, you could go to light speed and right before you actually hit light speed... You could cut through the fucking... You, you know, if you, if, you hit the, if you hit the fuel reserves on that ship, chances are you could cause like some sort of subluminal explosion. Chain reaction. Theoretically speaking. Yeah. That's probably mm-hmm. something they well, talk she, about. She basically turned her ship into a uh, rail gun. Yeah. Is yeah. basically well, what it is. But what is even best about that scene, though, that I never saw coming and I've never experienced this at a Star Wars film, dead silence. Yes. Yeah. And Absolute then, dead and silence. Everybody in that theater going, oh. Yeah. It's stark black and white. It's yep. so and, good. And, and, and somebody, she... somebody in the first screening we said was like, God damn! <laughs> and did she win? No, because guess what? She didn't destroy the Dreadnought. She no. just cut it in half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to get final thoughts, but first, uh, the, uh, the, the, the torching of the books. Now, the, now <laughs> no, 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 wait a minute. Now the books made it out. Yeah, yeah, because Ray exactly. stole them. Ray stole them, and Yoda even told him, but Luke wasn't listening. But <laughs> uh, so he was going to burn the books, and everyone's upset about that. Uh, yeah, because he failed. Wait, what he, did what did Yoda say that, that Yoda said? Everything in those books, Ray is already in possession of. Oh, and so he pulled he pulled a he pulled an Obi Wan. You know that yeah. that was not that was not a lie Double from a certain entendre. point of view. She stole the fucking books. Yeah. Well, I love his. Uh, he goes, those books are sacred. Did you read them? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Page turners, they weren't. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and having his little his little foot kicking 
<laughs> glee. Glee at fucking with Luke again, you know. Um, uh, I, I read that they... Uh, I missed you, Skywalker. I read that they used the molds uh, from the Empire Strikes puppet. Back yeah. uh, for the puppet awesome. to make that. And people were like, it looks shittier than... like, And people were like, it no. looks shittier than the... A puppet from Empire. I'm like, no, it looked just the fucking same. Well, I thought it was off. It was it the same. It, it looked off at the exact moment when they first show them. It's a little weird. Yeah. And okay. then, you know, it's because Frank Oz. See, I chalked that up to the, uh, the, the, the glow. The glow that the they blue, put on the them. But glow, also, yeah. we're used, like, for the last, like, however long, we're used to that goddamn CGI. CGI, Yoda. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so here we are. We just realized that uh, these Force ghosts, that but that's, uh, that's a thing Qui-Gon figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Qui-Gon figures out how to come back from the veil, right? And so, oh, that, he was the one that learned how to do that. Yeah, because at the end of at the end of Revenge of the Sith, yeah. uh, Yoda looks at Obi Wan and says, "You have meditation to do. A friend is reaching out from beyond the veil." Mm. So he'd been talking to Qui Gon, and Qui Gon in Clone Wars a couple times. Actually, Liam Neeson had been on a few times, actually yes. coming back to talk <laughs> to Anakin. Yeah. Uh, so, so you realize, okay, they can come back. That's cool. So Luke can come back now because he literally translated, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh shit! They can manipulate the elements. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, and, that, even... and that's my thing. Like, I cried when uh, Han Solo died. Yeah, I did not. Like, I felt bad. Well, it was such betrayal, right? Yeah, but like, I felt bad when Luke died, but I didn't cry because, like, well, we'll see him again. Uh, yeah. Well, also probably because that shot Plus, is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. and not <laughs> to mention he he went out on his own terms. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. All right, final thoughts, and then and then we'll wrap this up. I loved it. It's my you favorite know, Star Wars movie of all time. I simple as that. It, it's a hard one for me because I. I'm I'm in I'm in the minority here. I don't hate the prequel movies. I, I can find mm-hmm. stuff to like in all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as can I. And this movie, this movie though did something that none of them have ever done. I have not openly sobbed through a Star Wars movie like I did with this. I one. I couldn't tell if that was you or your. It was daughter. my daughter and yeah. my wife and me. We were just losing it. It is hands down my all time favorite Star Wars. Anything. Really, absolutely, because really? It, was, it has wow. made me feel things that yes. I didn't think I was going to feel. Yes, Tony said the same thing. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I'm a sucker for a story that that takes characters that I like and know how they're going to react and turns it all on its head. Yeah, you, I'm a sucker for stories like you get that. you get in mythology in mythological circles all the time. You have these stories where where people are put in a meat grinder and then you find out what comes out. There, there is no. I don't think there's has been a Star Wars movie where the stakes were higher. I mean, yeah. at the end of Empire, we're like, oh, God, the Empire won. They beat everybody. Well, the Rebels still have a fleet. Yeah. At the end of this movie, the Resistance has, I think, 12 guys, a Porg, and a Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's and, it. And, and, and what else do you need? And a, bro- <laughs> and a broken lightsaber. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to all... Uh, any other final thoughts? Because I, I just oh, want to... No, like, I'm going to agree with... Like, I need to see it again. That's all I know. Like, it's been, it feels like it's been no, a year. I, and I want to <laughs> see it again. Um, and I agree. I'm just like I just love the way this movie has 100% opened up the storytelling yes. possibilities yeah. of the Star Wars universe because it's always seems so confined. Yeah, I want to see think, his trilogy so badly now. But and, and I yeah. think that like that's why people have been so mad about the expanded universe going away because they got that. I've never read any of those fucking books. Me neither. Right? I read all but the books. But they got that. But they got that expanded <laughs> universe. But this movie expanded the fucking universe. Anybody can be a force well, yes. wielder, you know? Mm-hmm. And it could be, it's a kid that's sweeping up fucking space well, horse shit. I would, you know posit, I, mean? I would posit as well that the uh, the little black kid was a force user too because I think all three of them it were. takes 
there, the time he's telling the story, I think, takes place parallel with it, the events actually happening. I think he was seeing it through the force it actually actually happen and explaining to that. them what's going yeah, on. Yeah, we, we, we See, don't we don't know anything yeah. about what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. So you 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 have taken you've taken what has always been a very cyclical, very confined story and opened it wide open. Yeah. And he had mm-hmm. to be because it's not. This, you know, the the classic saga, Star Wars saga films, the the nine films that will be there, it's the story of the Skywalker family. Right. But that's not Star Wars. And anybody who's watched Clone Wars, even though Skywalker's in it, uh, or anybody who's watched Rebels in particular, isn't right. isn't focused on Skywalkers at all. It, it's it's the story basically of light and dark rising up against each other. It's a story of freedom versus fascism. And that is an eternal story that we see time and time again. And people are upset about the classic trilogy being null and void. Uh, need to remember that the prequel trilogy is null and void as of the classic trilogy because mm-hmm. everything that happened in the prequels has been completely destroyed by the by the classic trilogy. Wash, rinse, repeat. That's how it happens, kids. And those, I, I don't see how this movie makes the original trilogy null and void. Well, anybody, anybody who well, because they're like everything they did didn't matter because evil rose up again. They've, well, they've yeah. they're even stronger. But you know what? We see fucking Nazism rising up in the United States right now. Yes. You would think after World War II that that wouldn't be a factor. Didn't we well, learn shit, our German lesson? German even banned a swastika. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah, we you, learn our lesson? No, we, we didn't. So, you know, I'm serious. Yeah. Watch Star Wars. Realize that, you know, whether you whether you think, oh, you're having their progressive agenda shoved down their throat. No, that's not it. It's, it's literally, to quote Henry Jones, it's a race against evil. And that's yeah. what the story is over and over and over mm-hmm. again. There will always be evil and there will always be light to rise up against it. And, and go ahead. And we say these things because well, we know they're true. <laughs> um, here, here's the here's the uh, the scene. Oh, R two and Luke. Yeah. Oh my God! What a gut punch. Yeah. That, that was a good punch. And then yeah. that's it on, on uh, playing on the news. playing playing the, the the recording back. Oh, when yeah. when when Mark oh. Hamill looks up at her and goes, "Where's Han?" Yeah. I was like. Yeah, because yeah, he because he closed himself. He, that's that's your first hint that he closed himself off from the force because he, he would have felt it. it. Yeah, and the dice. Uh, oh, if, and that's another thing. The dice Terry felt it hmm? in Force Awakens when he runs off. They, that knew. camera zooms in on. Mm-hmm. She yeah. felt it. And and if you'll notice in the scene when when Luke and Leia are finally reunited, she knows he's not there. Yeah, so does three PO. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. No, we know three PO knows because three PO looks at him, and goes Master Luke, and Luke mm-hmm. looks at him and winks and yeah. walks away. Yeah. <laughs> Because 3PO can read life signs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, 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 the people who are complaining that uh, this, this was not my hero, Luke Skywalker. Let me just point something out to you. He's not just our hero, Luke Skywalker. He's that galaxy's hero, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Now, you got to remember, at the beginning of The Force Awakens, he's such a legend. He's such a legend. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows about the legend of Luke Skywalker. But he's been gone for 30 years, but the legends are still talked about. Even though we realize that he has fucked up and all that. They look upon him as a legend. Even though we know the truth, which is he fucked up, and because of that, Kylo Ren. Yep. All right. So at the end of the movie, he sacrifices himself in such a great way. He does what he joked about at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in first order with a laser with my, sword. With, my, uh, laser with a laser sword, sword which, yeah. was, which was awkward. But he does take on the first order solo by himself yep. with a laser sword and people are talking about that now not us but the people in this movie he's yep. their luke skywalker right. he's their legend and that's what that and that's that kid what that was little saying. kid yeah. that if you yep. look at the toys that he's playing with it's a little luke skywalker standing in front of a couple of makeshift at ats so well, that in legend, the very middle is the is yeah. the doorbuster yeah that legend 
of Luke Skywalker facing down the First Order solo with a laser sword. It's the return of Jesus. It's clear that that story is being told. And when he's looking out, the, yes. and when he's looking out that port, it's not a twin sun. By the way, twin sun. Fuck. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not a twin sun. It's thousands of stars. Yeah. And I, too. I, I just remember, you know, I I had mm-hmm. so many times in my life where where being that kid mm-hmm. when I was little may have saved my life later when when the punk rock movement was ripped to shreds in the 80s with heroin and mm-hmm. that wasn't the Jedi way I'm not doing heroin yeah. I'm not going to do that shit so many different decisions that I made based off of that so for me to see that kid and go okay this kid's going to be a hero because he had this story he had well, this mythology that kid is us yeah that kid's and every one of us Luke Skywalker we know the legend now mm-hmm. and that kid's going to follow in those footsteps yep and that's why it had to go the way it went. Yeah. He had to give himself up. He had to face down the First Order. That yeah. legend had to be reborn, relit, as the line, what's the line over and over? Be the spark that rekindles the rebellion, or that like, ignites the rebellion. And that is the spark that is going to reignite the rebellion. The legend of Luke Skywalker standing down the First Order by himself with a laser sword. Yeah. That story is being told throughout the Star Wars galaxy. I bet you there's another one. And there is another. I bet you there's another story <laughs> of, uh, of, of the last hope of the resistance trapped yeah. in a cave, and a young girl lifts a thousand pounds of rocks and just shrugs them away like exactly. So these are the legends, both old and new, in the Star yeah. Wars galaxy, and they have to go down that way to light the spark, to inspire those people, as those original movies inspired us. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Amen. All right. Woo! And we say these things, yes. Are we we say these things because we know they're true in the name of Jeffrey Michael Weiss. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything before we go? Uh, I'm not going to. No. I think no. we're good. Games are. No. I will say uh, there is a movie coming out called The Post that's Spielberg and it's Hanks and Meryl Streep. You're going to see it in the word season and it's all about back in the 70s, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. About basically busting, busting uh, the White House with scandals with Vietnam and stuff like that. It's so fucking relevant and like it's such a fuck you to Trump. Mm. That it's just so good because it's happening again. Right. So And it's called The Post. The Post. You will see it a lot. Ridley the Scott directed it and Steven Spielberg. Uh, no, Spielberg directed it. Did he? Yeah. Ridley Scott did that when I was telling you about the uh, dressmaker. Oh, okay. All right. No. Is that right? That's right. No, no. He did all, uh, no. all the money in the world. The money, all yeah. The money in the world. For video games, just go play something fun. There's nothing new coming out right now. <laughs> go play something That's you've been it, meaning you know, to play. Go, go, go uh, if, you don't, if you don't play it. Watch it because yeah. it's all compiled on YouTube. Battlefront Two has a fantastic story mode, and it fills in some of the gaps between episodes four, uh, six, and seven, and it's a lot of fun. But uh, a couple of YouTube users have compiled all of that. It takes about forty minutes to watch, and it's a ton of fun. And just enjoy it because, frankly, that's what all of the great stories in the world are there for: is for us to maybe learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, enjoy it and mm-hmm. have that bond with your with your uh, with your fellow geeks. That you can talk about the time that you sat and watched Luke Skywalker take on the First Order with a laser sword. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, interviews. Interview. Oh yes, yeah. stay, stay stay tuned for that. With us for that, the cast of Paddington Two. That's right. Coming up after these. It's probably not going to be as good as this movie. But well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Mr. B, if you would. Come on, guys. Just enjoy the ham for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, life-changing ham. It's very nuanced. Yeah, enjoy the, the, the nuanced ham. <laughs> see you around, kid. All right, thank you for staying till the end. We liked The Last Jedi. Uh, <laughs> I don't anyway, know. Anyway, um, this is uh, the part where uh, 
uh, Jimmy goes to Hollywood and talks to all the famous people. And uh, so a Paddington 2. Paddington 2. I liked the first one. And I, what's, I did, yes. What's funny is that it released in January of uh, maybe two years ago. And I was like, ah. And I grew up on Paddington. Like, oh, really? Know, oh, yeah. I read the books and stuff like that. So, See, around here, a lot of the kids didn't know no. much about Paddington. Love Paddington. And it was, I, liked, I liked the first one and then so this, the second one. But uh, two interviews. And uh, we kind of said a little bit in the broken news. But... When you find out somebody's done something besides Paddington that you just fall in love with, mm-hmm. which is Paul King, who's the director of it, uh, that directed 20 of the 22 episodes of The Mighty Boosh, and you lose your goddamn shit like <laughs> 12 hours before you're going to interview him. Uh, so that was fun. And then uh, his screenwriter was with him named Simon uh, Farnaby. Uh, and, and he was like, oh, yeah, I was in there too. And I was, you know, I, I did a pie face, and I was this guy. Like, like they're just like, spouting off, you know, whatever characters he did play with them. And I go, holy shit, these guys know each other. Like, you know, they're <laughs> they're good friends, you know. So, uh, but yeah, so here you go. Here is Paul King and Simon Farnaby uh, nerding about uh, the Mighty Boosh. Absolute pleasure meeting both of you. Uh, I first have to just say thank you so much for one of the greatest shows ever, uh, The Mighty Boosh. Oh. Like, that is one of the greatest shows of all time. Oh, thank you very so. much. Well, that's a very nice piece of stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to say, is there a transition from doing something like The Mighty Boosh, maybe more for adults, to transition to Paddington comedy-wise? I mean, yeah, I think in terms of the comedy, it's the same thing. You're sort of trying to make people laugh, and yeah. you're trying to sort of find a way into things. And there's a bit of sort of surrealism to Paddington. You sure. know, he's a small talking animal <laughs> in a big world. So there's some elements, but... For sure, you keep you keep an eye on the on the sort of tone of the yeah. of the world. But the bush was always quite wholesome. Performance-wise, it's much the same. You put on a silly wig, <laughs> right. or uh, what was I in bush? Conker. I was a conker. Yeah, you were a conker. I was a pie face. <laughs> yes. Uh, I had another weird head as well. Can't remember what it was. Might oh no, been. I did Julian's double, didn't I? Yeah, I had Julian's yes. head. Yes. So you played a variety so of strange yeah. headed people, <laughs> but in Paddington you just straighten your hair and it has the same my hair. remarkable effect of looking deeply disturbing. Transforming <laughs> silly effect. Yeah. Awesome. Great show. Uh, Paddington takes on a lot of terrible jobs to to afford a present. What is one of the worst jobs you've ever had uh, before getting into the business? Wow, that's a good one. Um, I was a luggage porter oh. at a hotel, which isn't actually that. To all the luggage porters out there, that's not that. It's not that's, a terrible job. Doesn't sound like a bad job. <laughs> but uh, I did it really badly, is my thing. I was very Paddingtonian. Yeah. I lost things, you know. <laughs> I would tell people, "Oh, your cab's here," and it wasn't. <laughs> I lost a painting, it was Christie's. It was worth a fortune, and I put it in a corridor instead of into the vault. Yeah. And it just went missing. <laughs> and uh, I was fine. Was that the end of the employment? <laughs> yes, you lost a masterpiece. I lost a masterpiece. Great. It's still missing. But yeah, you've yeah. given it day. back in the form of Paddington 2, which yeah. replaces the artistic value of that Rembrandt. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> That's it the has. important thing. Did you have a terrible job on your side? Or? I had a series of appalling jobs. But uh, they were always like really grinding, like terrible, infinite jobs. I did this thing where I had to... Like classify plants. I know nothing about plants, but I got a job at BBC. It's like national broadcaster. Their their magazine of garden, garden gardening world yeah. magazine or something. And they had these <laughs> slides where they they went, oh, well, there's some slides and they're not numbered and come in for a couple of days and we don't know what they are. So I had to go through all these encyclopedias trying to find out what these plants were. And I did about seven on the first day, and then by lunchtime on the second day, I done like <laughs> another five. And I went, how how many are there? Because I've done like thirteen and. And they went, there are 20,000. Wow. And I just walked out of the building. I just said, I'm going. And they went, but you can't go. You won't get paid. And I, I don't care. I can't do it. It was like this sort of Kafkaesque horror. This is a null new information to me. I've known Paul for 20 years. And I've, 
I never knew he was in botanics. Yes, <laughs> I'm a horticulturalist. Yeah, yeah, it's one Kept of my many quiet. skills. One of my favorite things in the movie too. Uh, all the prisoners have nicknames for each other, and uh, since you guys know each other pretty well, if you had to give each other prisoner nicknames, what would it be? Wow, that's that a is one. a very good question. <laughs> um, I was going to say the professor immediately. Because, <laughs> Thank you very much. But, in a, but, but we have a professor in it, and he's yes. stupid. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but I would have so you as like a, yeah, sadly double-edged. It is. I would call you like um, uh, uh, brains. I'd call you brains. I'd call you the shank. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> why am I? Why? <laughs> because I think it'll help you survive. If you've oh, got that's a good street idea. Toughs. Oh, you yeah, know, we're buddies. Good. I'm not going to go. Oh, so brains. So you'll get beaten here's, up. Here's the Simon, the pushover. <laughs> yeah. You know, or the you know. I should the, have called you like knives. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> the wuss of e-wing is not what? the kind of nickname yeah. you want going in. That's true. Actually, razors. Razors was a name we never used. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's not very child-friendly. Terrible implications. Nice to meet. There you go. Yup. And if you haven't seen The Mighty Boosh... Uh, Change your life. Look it up. <laughs> it's it's pretty damn funny. It's yeah. got some funny stuff in there. All uh, right. Who's next? The next one are the, the two Hughes. The two Hughes? Yeah. They put them together at Hugh Grant and Hugh Bonneville. Uh, and and Hugh Grant, I know. Proper it, British man. And, uh, well, and don't, I don't recall Hugh Bonneville. You don't watch Downton Abbey, then? I don't. Downton Abbey. I don't watch. I watched. I watched the spinoff series Downtown Arby's. That, <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Look it up on the. On is that the, real? On the web, Downtown Arby's. <laughs> okay, uh, but <laughs> no, I have not seen Downton Abbey. I, uh, well, uh, he's in it. So. All right. Okay, so another proper British gentleman, I'm sure. So he's in it, and uh, apparently Brits don't really mind calling each other cunts. No, it's different over there. They just smile away. Yep. So here you go. Okay. Absolute pleasure meeting both of you. Nice uh, you were just saying that you were in our fair city of Salt Lake City just recently. Absolutely. And uh, before, I, have you got some snow at the moment? Because when I was there, it wasn't any. Very minimal this year. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was there during an, an inversion. Oh, yeah. I got to learn about an inversion, basically smog. You it? got to breathe it. Yeah, it's <laughs> Not fun. Um, but I had a fantastic time with the uh, Tabernacle Choir doing their Christmas concerts. So Absolutely. Great. Thanks for coming. Thank you. <laughs> I have a Salt Lake City story as well. Let's hear it. <laughs> in 1994... Uh, we premiered Four Weddings and a Funeral at uh, Park City, the uh, Sundance Festival. But but just before that, we actually had the big pre world premiere of the film in Salt Lake City. In, awesome. Um, in a big multiplex there. What we hadn't banked on is that, of course, that film begins with the F word so <laughs> seven times in a row. So... Uh, five minutes into the film, half the audience had left. <laughs> They'll do that. An <laughs> <laughs> auspicious start. Yeah. It became a global hit. <laughs> yeah. uh, in this film, you actually get to play a villain, not something you do normally. What is the secret to being a great villain? Well, I, I have actually played lots of baddies in the, in the old days yeah. uh, before I got sort of scooped up into, uh, you know, charming leading man. And it's <laughs> it suits me much better. I'm a, not a very nice person. And it's... <laughs> In a way, it's, it's sort of cathartic. It's um, <laughs> medicinal to get it out there. Paddington takes on a bunch of odd jobs, sometimes terrible jobs, to, to earn the money for this birthday present he wants to buy. Before you guys were actors, do you have any terrible jobs that you were involved with? I was a I cleaned toilets in a legal firm in Marlborough yeah. uh, when I was about 18. I was trying to uh, earn some money to go travelling. Yeah. And after about a week, I realised that working in a wine bar would be preferable. <laughs> <laughs> I was a very good cleaner, though. Yeah. I'm bomb-proof, yeah. <laughs> Any jobs on your side? Uh, I, I did clean toilets, but I also cleaned the seats at um, Fulham Football Ground. Oh. Uh, 
but I had to resign because my co-worker kept stabbing me. <laughs> yeah, I thought that if that's, that's harassment in the workplace. <laughs> uh, one of the things I like in the movie too is all the prisoners have nicknames. If you could choose your own prison name, what would it be? Um, or you can assign each other one. Well, you, you, you were in prison and you were bitch, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, yeah, bitch Bonneville. That's what. That's yeah, what yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't. Know, what name? What name would you Grant? Uh, Grant can't. I oh. think uh, that would be his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main premise of the whole film is that Paddington wants to buy a birthday present. What is the best or worst birthday present you've ever received? The worst birthday per- present I ever received was from my mother, who I loved very much, uh, but she was terrible at presents. And I think I was 25 years old, and it was a set of patches for my jeans and my elbows in denim, which you just ironed on. <laughs> <laughs> Any terrible ones on your side? Uh, well, I think it just has to be the Christmas jumper that mum gave me every year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I gave it back and then it was sort of just repackaged every year. <laughs> absolutely pleasure to meet you guys. Good to see you. Thank you so much. Yep, it's, yep. it's different over there. Guess what didn't run on KSL? <laughs> <laughs> you got it here. All right, thank you. So there you have it. Uh, that's that's great. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Jimmy. Thank you. All right. Thanks for sticking around. We'll uh, we'll see you next week with a new episode.